And welcome into Hoopsville, everybody. It is Thursday, January 22nd, and we are live. Unlike last week, where last Thursday we were at the NCAA convention, some technical difficulties precluded many of you from watching the show on Thursday. We apologize for that. But we are live for most of the or some of the show tonight. We do have some pre-taped segments ahead of time, but lots to talk about in Division Three. Just like last week, we had a lot. Uh, we were, when we weren't able to cover things, we had a lot to talk about that we weren't able to talk about on Thursday from Wednesday's games. Well, the case is definitely true this week uh, as well, uh, as there was plenty to talk about around Division Three and especially the top 25 um, in just Wednesday night, of course, all week as well. But the new top 25s came out. Not a lot of changes. We'll talk about that. Well, we'll talk about that now. Um, Augustana stayed number one on the men's side. Uh, Whitewater stayed two. So did St. Thomas staying three, and their first place vote stayed the same. Dickinson fell three spots. Pretty good considering Hopkins' success. We'll talk about Hopkins in a minute. Um, but they moved uh, just down three spots. WashU moved up into fourth. Marietta moved up into fifth. Virginia Wesleyan moved into sixth. As we mentioned, Dickinson fell. WPI was eighth, moving up five spots. Big move for them. Albertus Magnus up to ninth. I think there's some top 25 voters getting a little bit nervous about that, at least who I have talked to. Worcester moved up into tenth. Randolph-Macon moved up five spots to 11th. Emory tumbled. Uh, two losses and only fell seven spots, though. Certainly respect to the rest of uh, the UAA and, of course, who they played, Chicago and Wash U. Uh, Richard Stockton uh, fell just two spots. I find that a little surprising. Maybe not everybody ran in, read into the Ramapo loss like I did um, or the, the barely getting past their next opponent either. Um, they only fell two spots. I removed them from my top 25. I think the High Wire Act is over. Uh, Franklin and Marshall fell four spots for their loss to, to McDaniel. More about them in a minute. Stevens Point uh, down three spots. St. Norbert down four. St. John Carroll tumbled eight spots, having lost two games. Uh, they're probably lucky that they ran into a cushion, essentially, near the bottom of the top 25. Chapman up uh, two spots. St. Olaf up two spots. Uh, Babson up um, or down five for their loss to WPI. I'm not sure. I think that's a little bit harsh. Not sure how we're reading into that a little bit. I think Babson falling five spots when you look at a team like Dickinson only falling three certainly makes you wonder uh, what what's going on. I think there's a lot of questions about Babson, certainly, and maybe less questions, even though there should be a lot more for Dickinson. Chicago moved up two. Elmer stayed the same. Ohio Wesleyan fell six. Johns Hopkins entered the top 25 for the first time in nearly seven years. Congratulations to the Blue Jays and Case Western Reserve made an appearance at top 25 as well. Though Case Western Reserve made it with just 46 points. If you think about it, uh, if everybody put a team 24th, they'd have 50 uh, points. So you can consider Case Western just barely scrant, uh, squeaking in. Scranton Amherst out of the top 25. No surprises there at all. Uh, we'll quickly go through the women. Not many changes there. Um, though number three, Amherst took a tumble down to eight, and t and Tufts took a re got the reward by going from ninth to fifth. Um, George Fox also jumped with their dominating performance over the weekend, jumped from 10th uh, until 6th. Um, Montclair State fell four spots as well with a loss. Calvin jumped into the top 10. Um, no real surprises. Scranton falling six spots, having lost to Catholic. No surprise there. Uh, Hope uh, fell a couple spots after losing to Calvin. Uh, Transylvania is moving up. They're playing very good basketball. We'll hopefully be talking to them in the near future. 
Um, Wheaton fell four spots. Salisbury jumped three spots. Whitworth fell three after getting dismantled by George Fox. John Carroll down two, or up two, I should say. Maryville up two. Puget Sound up two. North Central up two. Williams down five after losing uh, over the weekend. Oshkosh uh, uh, fell seven. And Luther stayed in there. And believe it or not, nobody fell out of the top 25. Um, but Bowden is just on the outside looking in uh, of the top 25. And then that gets us to last night. And Wednesday certainly was uh, some upheaval, uh, to say the least, um, in the top 25. Of course, Augustana lost to Illinois Wesleyan. You've got to figure maybe Illinois Wesleyan will now re-enter the top 25 as long as they get business taken care of. Whitewater all over Stevens Point, but apparently this point, starting point guard for Stevens Point is in a boot. Don't know necessarily what that means. Boots are far more common these days than they used to be. Boots used to mean horrible news. Nowadays, it could just be protecting an injury, and down the road, that injury uh, is okay to play on. I've seen players who play in games and then are in boots afterward just for a lingering injury, so don't want to read too much into that necessarily. Um, St. Thomas beat uh, St. Olaf last night. They've got a big game against St. John's coming up on Saturday. Um, you got a question there of who's going who's gonna to take over number one. Should everybody make it through? Will it be Whitewater or will it be St. Thomas? Or will it be Wash U? They're certainly in contention. They've got their trip out to the East Coast this weekend. They'll take on NYU on Friday. They'll then take on Brandeis on Sunday. Not a trap necessarily, but certainly challenging. Wash U's got to get through that weekend. Marietta, uh, so far unscathed. Virginia Wesley, number six, losing to Randolph-Macon in a, in a good game last night. you got to figure those two teams will swap spots. Dickinson all over f and um, I got to go back and look at the at the play-by-play. It could have been tight with about 10 minutes left, about 10 points. Doesn't matter. They lost 33 by 33 points. Dickinson all over the diplomats there. I'll say this now. I, I hope it's not true. But one concern I had about FM was with such a young team undefeated at that point, once they took a loss with, with the wheels on you know unceremoniously unhitch from the train. And in this case, losing to McDaniel, now they've lost to Dickinson. They've got to they've got to get back into to winning shape. I'm not certainly saying a loss to McDaniel on the road at McDaniel was all that surprising. It's a They've lost four times in the last seven years in Westminster. Now they get spanked by the, the Dipl- uh, by Dickinson. They've got Haverford coming up on Saturday, then Gettysburg and Swarthmore. Conceivably, diplomats can right the ship here, no problem, especially against Haverford. But that's a that's an improved Haverford squad. Gettysburg, remember, beat Dickinson earlier on, and Swarthmore is a test. After that, it's Johns Hopkins, then at Washington College. You might remember they lost to a, a, a winless Washington College a couple years ago on the road. Then Ursinus, Muhlenberg, Gettysburg, Dickinson to wrap up the season. Half of them going right into the teeth right now. The schedule. We'll see how they respond. Stevens Point taking that loss and with the injury. We'll see how voters determine that. St. Norbert still playing well. North Central playing pretty good basketball. Or not playing good basketball, but at least maybe writing themselves uh, as it were, um, the two-game loss is over. They beat Carthage by five. By the way, jump out of the top 25 real quick. Did you see Milliken, what they did to Wheaton? You thought Dickinson over uh, F&M was a, a slobber knocker. Jeez, the, Milliken destroyed Wheaton on Wednesday night in men's basketball. Terrific win by Milliken. Congratulations to them. But wow, 
I did not see that coming. I, I could see maybe Milliken squeaking out a game. I know that they're a good team, but they just absolutely dismantled Wheaton. But more losses in the top 25, of course, uh, as you go through. St. Olaf losing to St. Thomas, obviously ranked above them, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So interesting top 25. Voters are going to have to make some more decisions, uh, as it were. On the women's side, so far status quo. Nothing really has jumped out um, on that one just yet. But I do want to congratulate... Becky Martin, who you remember had a, we had on the show last week, she did win her 500th game last night. Uh, by the way, the uh, players decorated her her door, her office door, with logos of all 67 teams that she has been uh, at the helm uh, against in wins. So all 67 teams, including some D1s like UMBC, uh, Becky Martin got uh, her uh, 500th. And uh, Dixie, Dixie Jeffers winning her 600th game at Capitol in 652nd. Overall, got to congratulate her. To be sure, so action-packed night on Wednesday night. It promises to be the same coming up this weekend. You got to figure. Um, it, it, it's just it, the amount of what's going on. In this is is pretty impressive. By the way, Worcester, for example, hitting double, double triple figures for the second game in a row, one hundred four seventy three. Um, Babson, by the way, going on to beat MIT sixty one forty eight. Uh, certainly impressive outcomes from a lot of these teams, and it's certainly going to be fun to watch them the rest of the way. By the way, quick plug to D3Hoops.com. Don't forget, around the nation, around the region, articles coming out. Great writing this year from our writers. Uh, certainly have been in, enjoying those. Uh, around the nation focuses on Case Western Reserve, uh, while one of the uh, around the nations uh, focuses on around the regions focuses on the Danzig family at Scranton. Another one focuses on the Nikitas uh, family, uh, the sibling rivalry, as it were. Um, so it, some great stories, definitely worth checking out, um, and, and certainly great writing by the crew there at d3hoops.com. Uh, I hate to say it, I, I, I'd rather be at Stevenson tonight. I uh, was going to try and pre-tape this entire show after their game got moved from Wednesday to, to today. I uh, just couldn't get it all put together, as it were, but the Stevenson women's basketball team, who's off to a tremendous start, only two losses on the season, uh, with 13.40 left to go in the first half. Mustangs lead 45-41 on Lebanon Valley. Uh, that's certainly worth keeping an eye on. Remember, Lebanon Valley having a good season under a brand-new head coach. Men's game coming up afterwards. It was looking forward to that, um, but unfortunately, uh, weather delayed the game to today, and we just couldn't do anything to, to get ourselves back online, as it were, in time. Um, so lots to cover, uh, lots to talk about. We'll keep an eye on a lot of things here uh, throughout. And by the way, we always love thrilling basketball, as many of you know. Um, we'll talk about who we got the guests coming up, but I want to get to a couple buzzer beaters. First, we're going to go to William Patterson. Um, their men's basketball team had a thriller against Ramapo. Remember, Ramapo just beat Richard Stockton um, last night. Uh, they had a thriller in a game, and it came down to the wire, and this is uh, how it ended uh, there for William Patterson. Really thrilling to say the least. William Patterson about a two-thirds of the court toss uh, to to beat Ramapo. Uh, we should point out uh, that actually that tied the game and forced it into overtime. 
They were trailing Ramapo 71-68 with 2.9 seconds left. That was sophomore guard Zach Frick who got that launched off. Uh, by the way, uh, w, uh, William Patterson would go on to win 86-81 in overtime. And nice job by Frick there. That wasn't the only one. Marion had a thriller against Edgewood the other night. Carville Oliver with the buzzer beater, but not how you draw it up as it, as you, as it were. Check this one out. This one certainly uh, a good job, but not only a, of a good heave at the buzzer, but some solid defense uh, as well. Okay, so maybe not the best defense. The offensive player obviously lost his footing on that play. But what was uh, more interesting from my point of view uh, was the reaction of the team. You'll notice they, they basically mobbed into the corner. Hope everybody came out of the corner unscathed, uh, to say the least. But um, terrific job by everybody involved. Uh, terrific games. We love buzzer beaters. Don't forget to tweet them out there. When you get the opportunity. Now let's talk about who's going to be on the show tonight. We got a jam-packed show full of surprises. This is that time of year where we have lots of surprises going on. Teams who are playing really good basketball, who who you may not have expected, or are still playing good basketball, gaining confidence, doing better and better. We're going to jump around mainly four regions tonight: uh, the Mid Atlantic, the East, the Great Lakes, and the West. Those are the four regions we normally cover on Thursday night, plus a School of the Week, which comes out of one of those four. We should mention School of the Week presented by the City of Salem, proud hosts of uh, the Men's Basketball Championship once again this year. On the men's basketball side, we'll talk to Johns Hopkins men's basketball coach Bill Nelson coming up here shortly. Team, again, as we point out, in the top 25 for the first time in nearly seven years after a big win over Dickinson over the weekend. Uh, continued their winning ways with a tough trip to Washington College despite the elements yesterday. We'll talk to you about talk to him about his team. Talk to him about what is you know what what the expectations are for the Blue Jays. We'll also uh, go to the East Region and talk to Stevens Women's Basketball. Uh, they are having a tremendous season, kind of a rebound under their head coach um, Megan Howie. And 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 this is a team that is certainly playing maybe above expectations. With a lot of young players, that's going to be a theme tonight, how the younger players, the not necessarily seniors, are stepping up um, for these teams. Uh, we'll also go to our school of the week. We'll head out west to the IIAC. Luther Women's Basketball will be our guest. Talk about a good season. Luther, who has been struggling for a number of years, uh, has kind of come into its own under their head coach with Wisconsin Roots. We'll talk to them about how their season has progressed. Then we'll jump back to the Great Lakes, talk about Mount St. Joseph. Have we talked about Mount St. Joseph before on this show? Of course we have. But we talked about Lauren Hill. We've talked about the women's team. This time we're talking about the men's team. They lead the HCAC Conference. Remember, that is now in the Great Lakes region. A game lead on Denison. It's a coach who graduated from Hanover, cut his teeth as an assistant coach at Transylvania, and has now turned the Mount St. Joseph program around. We'll enjoy talking to their head coach about the Mount St. Joseph program. And then St. Olaf, yes, they lost to St. Thomas last night, which is unfortunate for them, but they are having a tremendous season, building off of last year's success and first-ever NCAA tournament appearance as a Division Three institution. We talk about the fact that despite losing seven seniors, they are back in the hunt. 
They are in second place in the conference. Last night's game basically determined who would be in first by a game lead with a lot of basketball to play. We'll talk to their head coach, Cosmosis, about that and, and why the Ollies or why the Mayak has turned into a, a tough conference. The top two-thirds of that conference is within four games of first place. Mayak, certainly a tough uh, division at this point in the season. We'll look forward to that coming up here. So again, Kosmoski, Coach Dan Kosmoski joining us here on the show coming up. So that's what we're going to cover on the show. We certainly have other things to touch on, um, including the fact I will be on the road this weekend, weather permitting, <laughs> weather permitting. We are going to be on the road. We're going to see some games on Friday and Saturday. Not going to tell you where we're going. Follow us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville using the hashtag Hoopsville. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We'll hit the road, see some games, get some interviews done for our Sunday show as well. Um, follow us there. We'll also use the hashtag Where's DMAC just for the fun of it. Find out where we're headed and where we're going to games. Weather permitting, there is a major storm brewing for the East Coast, which could have effects on, on games as well this weekend. Uh, obviously, it will all depend on if we can get to point A and if we can get to point B, C, D, E, F, wherever we're going, and get home. So I will tell you now, if something doesn't look right or I don't feel like I'm going to be able to, I can drive in any weather. Anybody knows me knows I can drive in bad uh, snowstorms. I, I thrive on it. It's the other drivers I don't love so much on the roads. If I feel like this is an insane task, we will take a step back and not do it. But at this point, we're hitting the road. We're going to be at games on Friday. We're going to be at games on Saturday and heading home on Sunday for Hoopsville. So stay with us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, hashtag Where's DMAC, uh, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Don't forget, you can also email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. So that's all coming up. We'll keep an eye on the scores, as we pointed out as well. There's certainly uh, other things going on we'll keep an eye on. And, uh, for example, number uh, 12, Texas Tyler, Women's basketball team leads 34-32 on Dallas right now. We'll keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the women's basketball story out of Stevenson. Again, I think they're 13-2, I want to say. 53-50, Mustangs lead with 8.20 left to go against Lebanon Valley. Major uh, game there in the MAC Commonwealth. We'll keep an eye on that one. So we'll take a break. When we come back, Johns Hopkins men's basketball coach Bill Nelson will join me, and we'll talk uh, D3 hoops with him and about his Blue Jays and see how he thinks the team is doing. That's all coming up here on the show. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I know sports is important, but having the academic part 
along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself, you know, a, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division three school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result, in my mind, is you just become a very well-rounded person. Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests, basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on our Thursday edition here. Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, if you have any questions for us, email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. That's hoopsville at d3hoops.com. You can also uh, join us on Twitter at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville. Also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. This whole show is kind of unintendedly about the surprise teams going on in Division Three, and not necessarily surprises in what their expectations were or surprises in, in what is happening at this point, it's more about, okay, now they're ranked or they're still continuing to play well or they've gotten a big win or maybe they're finally turning the, the mentality of, of what everybody thinks about their program. One of those programs that is maybe surprising or not surprising this season is the Johns Hopkins Blue Jays men's basketball team. Certainly, we're coming off of last year's NCAA appearance, playing good basketball, got a big win over Dickinson on Saturday. That leapfrogged them into the top 25 in the number 24 slot for the first time, ranked in nearly seven years. So I figured, well, I got to go talk to our good friend, Bill Nelson. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline from the number 24 ranked Blue Jays of Johns Hopkins is Bill Nelson. And coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Hi, Dave. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed talking to you. Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate you taking the time as well. First and foremost, congratulations on this season. 14-2 overall so far. 8-1 in the conference. You're up on top of the Centennial Conference. Um, I, I, if memory serves, and I could be wrong, I think the coaches all predicted you guys to maybe finish second in the conference. I remember when I saw that, I kind of took pause and went, well, that's, that's interesting. You guys are proving it right now. You guys have got a good season going on. You're right. We were picked second, and um, I, you know, we finished strong last year. So, I, and we have, you know, some quality kids back this year. So, I think that's why uh, we were picked so high. Well, you certainly have quality kids. Remember, you guys got the big win over Dickinson in the Centennial Conference game at Dickinson to get yourselves the NCAA tournament. And really, many people may not realize this. But that game against Virginia Wesleyan wasn't exactly a blowout. You guys made it close in the second half at one point. The Marlins had to kind of fight you guys off a little bit. Are you going to pull off the upset? How much has that finish to the season that you guys had last year kind of still fueling the cause this year? Well, it certainly helped. Um, you know, our guys really believed in each other. It actually started earlier in that. We were 4-7 and seven, um, last January, a little over a year from now, ago now, and... Um, you know, we made a couple changes. Uh, we um, went to a veteran lineup for for juniors at that time, and instead of playing some of the younger guys, and um, went from four and seven to um, 
think it was uh, 1711, and now we're 14 and two, which means it's been a pretty good run. I think that's 27 and six. So you're right in the Virginia Wesleyan game. Um, you know, we're down uh, 18 in the first half, and I'm sitting there. Well, keep your cool. Uh, you know, even though we might get blown out by 40, we've had a good year. And then, you know, the guys did what they have done all year and this year. They, geez, they just, you know, they never quit. Um, and um, I'm really uh, fortunate to be, be working with the 15 young men that enjoy playing basketball so much. Well, it's fun to see. I mean, obviously, I'm from the Mid-Atlantic region. You know, I know the area pretty well, but everybody's knows that Johns Hopkins basketball has always been a formidable force. And, you know, for the, for a few there, years there, you guys struggled. Uh, you know, the last time you had a 21 season was 2007. Uh, you had a, a number of seasons below 500. 2011 was certainly tough at 7 and 18. The last year, as you pointed out, respond. You're back up to 17 and 11 last year. You're already 14 and 2 this year. Um, I mean, I, I guess it's probably obvious that it's enjoyable to be winning, but it's got to be nice to be on the sideline with a program that's competing as well as you guys are now. Yeah, and a lot of it is uh, the luck of the draw because recruiting such such a crapshoot. I mean, um, <laughs> when I first got to Hopkins, uh, right away we lucked out. And, um, you know, our first class was the class of 91. And then um, for the next four years, uh, we just had, great group of kids and went to the NCAAs uh, five times in a row from 90 to 94. And then, uh, you know, sporadically since then, uh, you mentioned 2007, we had a, a team of seniors. I think at the Division three level, you do win with quality juniors and seniors. And, you know, shortly after that, we had a couple of bad recruiting years. And when you have a bad recruiting year or two, it, it really costs you down the line. And we ended up having three losing seasons in a row. And then then Jimmy Hammer and George Bogorinovich came aboard, and uh, uh, we went from seven wins without him to uh, 15 wins the next year with him. And then we, you know, we picked up a win each year. And um, you know, now they're seniors, and um, and we're reaping the benefits of those two guys and the other two seniors on the team, uh, Will Chambers and Omar Randall. I was going to say that's definitely where this this team has succeeded. You've got four seniors on this squad. You also got a healthy uh, group of juniors. Uh, though you have one sophomore contributing in ways. We'll talk about him in a minute, but let's talk about this team. Jimmy Hammer leading the team 15.1 points a game. Um, he's averaging about, oh, two and a half assists a game, if my math does it correctly off the top of my head. But he's dangerous from outside, 47% from beyond the arc, 78% from the from the free throw line. Uh, Bugarinovich, George, as you point out, the senior, uh, 13.1 points a game, hauling in nearly seven rebounds a game, shooting 57% from the floor. Um, and then Ryan Curran, the sophomore, stepping up too when he's been able to. 11 points a game for him. Um, and then you still got guys that you're playing every night, like Gene Williams and Austin Vesalidis, uh, Omer Randall, uh, Matt Billups, all playing 16 games, plus other guys playing more than that. So it's certainly senior-laden. It certainly has its junior core. But, you, but you're getting contributions from a lot of people. We are, and um, could end soon because we have uh, 10 juniors and seniors on the team and three sophomores and two freshmen, so uh, we better have a good recruiting year this year <laughs> or we're going to be in deep trouble. But uh, let's think, uh, worry about that down the line. You know, Jimmy Jimmy, and, and George, uh, you know, they get a lot of the recognition, and, and deservedly so. Jimmy last year, um, you know, he came to Hopkins, a uh, true shooter, and um, – you know, he has developed his entire game. You mentioned, you know, assists. Well, um, last year at the end of the year, teams picked 
picked him up tightly, and he finished, uh, you know, he was off a little uh, with the three-point shooting. Over the summer, he started working on taking the ball to the basket. And now I think he does lead the Centennial Conference in the assist turnover ratio. And um, mentioned Austin Vasiliadis, our point guard, was a junior. Last night he had 11 assists and two two turnovers. And, um, you know, I think he's leading the, in the, the league in um, assists. So it's it, you're right. It's a contribution to a lot of people, and and they're sharing the ball in a way I've never seen it shared before. And um, you know, it, it makes it a lot of fun for everybody. Well, it's fun to be watching. By the way, I should point out one difference on your sideline is you don't have your longtime assistant anymore. <clears throat> decided he was done with you. Uh, <laughs> took a seat. What's it like to have a bit of a younger assistant coaching staff and not the usual group that you have next to you? Yeah, you're talking about Bob McCone, who yeah. uh legendary coach for us because he, he was the guy in charge our, of our defense. I, I like to, you know, allocate responsibility to my coaches. And, and um, Bob did a great job for 25 years, and, you know, he's uh, got eight grandchildren now and, um, and enjoying that part of his life that he stays in touch with the team and went on a road trip to us to uh, Washington and Lee, and uh, he's very close to the the guys, especially the juniors and seniors. And uh, we were fortunate enough to pick up a, uh, a younger guy. Uh, he's about 40 years old. His name is Jim uh, Jeff Akins. Uh, for you old-timers out there, his dad uh, played eight years in the ABA and two years in the NBA, uh, Jumbo Jim Akins. He played with Dr. J and all those guys when the ABA was so fun to watch back in the late 70s, I guess early 80s. And Jeff's now in charge of our defense. It's a little different. We used to be more of a containment man-to-man defense, and now now we're doing, you know, uh, a little more um, pressure, uh, forcing people into into different zones. And um, what's happened? The plus side of it is we're getting more points off of turnovers. The negative side is uh, we just seem to we I think we're dead last in the conference in three-point defense percent so there's pros and cons to everything but you know the guys have really bought into it and um and uh i'm really lucky to have uh, guys like bob mccone and jeff Hickens with me and then the young the youngest guy you're talking about is mike munchko his father coaches at community college of baltimore uh terry munchko and um mike's young he, he he's he just bridges the gap between us old timers and and the players mike <laughs> was a star at salisbury and uh you know, it's nice to have balance on your coaching staff as well as on your uh, on your roster. Talking to Bill Nelson here, the 24th ranked Johns Hopkins Blue Jays head coach. Coach, I got to ask. I mean, it's been nearly seven years since you guys were nationally ranked in the top 25. I know that well because Pat and I did the research and I was able to track it down. Um, what's it like to be back in that conversation to get the news that you're now in the top 25 with wins over Dickinson, for example? Um, what's it? What's it mean to this program? What's the buzz like on campus? Well, there's not any buzz because nobody's there. The students <laughs> come back. Uh, True. You know, this week. Not I even think, in the office. Actually, it's, it's actually we have one more week of uh, you know intercession, so it's kind of quiet. And but the athlete, there's a lot of athletes there. Uh, the baseball team, swim team, the lacrosse teams, uh, volleyball. They all came to our Dickinson game, and they were a huge part of our spirit. That night, and I can't say enough about our teams. The, the, the athletes that have to stick together, mm-hmm. and um, so it, it is exciting. But from my standpoint, you know, you've been around a while. A lot of listeners have been around a while. That you know, it can turn on us in a heartbeat. Uh, you know, you have an injury here or something there, and 
all of a sudden you're without so-and-so. And, um, so uh, I'm just kind of, you know, holding my breath. Uh, you know, you take the good ones there and then, uh, you know, ready in case something happens along the way and try to adjust to just for the situation. Talking to Bill Nelson and Coach, you guys have won 11 straight. Uh, your last loss was to Franklin and Marshall on November 25th by nine. Of course, that was at your place. You also lost to Alvernia earlier on. I'll admit, when I saw the Alvernia loss, I shook my head. There's a team that's rebuilding a lot this year. But since then, with wins over Gettysburg and Muhlenberg, a win over center, who's certainly been in the top 25 conversation. Um, and then you've been rolling through the conference, essentially winning by double figures in most games. Oh, Haverford gave you a scare. Uh, and you got that win last night at the always difficult Washington College after having to deal with the weather to cross the Bay Bridge. What's the message to this team as you guys get ready to travel to Muhlenberg on Saturday and then come home for a couple of games against some tough opponents? Well, they just put the jinx on us. Um, you know, uh, we we withstood the Sports Illustrated jinx. Two of our uh, <laughs> guys were in faces in the crowd last week. We got, we got through that one. Now we got to go through your, uh, your <laughs> nice thought spot us. Uh, 11 in a row is, is you know, um, you don't expect that. And good things happen have to happen. We were we were up 24 at Haverford with 10 to go and 15 with 5 to go. And with 2.6 seconds, we were down one. Mm-hmm. And we pulled it out. So, you know, there's a lot of luck. Into, but our kids, like I said earlier, they really believe in themselves. And, you know, they're so good at so far at taking one game at a time. I was really worried about Washington College last night. Washington this year, uh, their their stats are really skewed because they don't play any non-league games at home. You know, they went to Florida yeah. and played three games. Um, uh, you know, one of their players from Florida, then they helped pay for that trip by playing William and Mary and things like that. And and they they were averaging less than one point a game, less than we were averaging. I was really concerned about it and. You know the guys went out there and got off to a good start, and and they 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 we, you know, had a good game, and uh, we got to do the same thing in Muhlenberg um, Saturday. It's a long road trip. They got they, they're going to be honoring their point guard who just broke the school scoring record. Uh, one thing about our conference, uh, some of the teams that are struggling right now are really young. Uh, they have mainly freshmen and sophomores, and you hope you play them before the light comes on. <laughs> and uh, you never know when that light comes on either. It could be the next year. It could be in the middle of the season. You mentioned Ryan Curran. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a correlation there. Uh, the last game he didn't start was the our last loss. And uh, so there's the next jinx. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a, he's a post player, but he plays like a, uh, a wing. In other words, he, yeah. he's, He's grown about two and a half inches since he got to Hopkins. When he came here, he was going to be like a six, six four wing, and now he's a six seven postman who's who's got wing, you know, talent and yeah. um, athletic ability. And Ryan has has been a load. Uh, he and George Bogorinovich have um, have really complemented each other in that. So you just hold your breath and you know hope hope good good things continue. Um, certainly interesting team. And I mean, you could talk about turning the lights on. It was you guys, as you pointed out earlier in this interview, turning the lights on and getting them to flick on last year. Let's talk about the conference a little bit because it's a conference that has certainly changed over the years. F&M dominated for several years there. Now it's uh, a little bit crowded up top. Uh, you guys obviously leading the way 14 and two overall, eight and one in conference play. Then it's Franklin and Marshall and Dickinson, both seven and two in conference action, also with identical 14 
and two records, though F&M's lost two in a row. McDaniel's lurking at 6-3, and 11-4 overall. Gettysburg's lurking 10-6, and 6-3 six, six and three overall. Certainly the rest of the conference is tough, but that grouping I just mentioned, five, with only five spots in conference tournament action available, that's that's a that's a heck of a group right now with a three game lead on everybody else. How do, I mean, not that I'm going to say you guys can't win the conference, but how do you see this conference shaping up? I think the team that stays healthiest might win it. Um, you know, uh, it's so important at the end of the year, and that's I mean, my new assistant Jeff there last year is it was the middle of January, and he said, Coach, how come we're not doing any more blocking out drills or I said, the rebounding drills, I said, because we'll get hurt. Hmm. You know, and, and, I mean, it, the kids get tired as the season winds down, and they easily get injured. And we, we really don't scrimmage a heck of a lot uh, during, during the last third of the year. And I, I, being healthy at the end of the year like we were was a huge key, and it probably will be this year because you're right. You just named uh, six teams that are, you know, uh, neck and neck with each other. And um, we haven't played McDaniel yet. And yeah. we never went. We never went over there, <laughs> and uh, you know they they're just out defending people and they're out scrapping people. And uh, you know you play at Gettysburg, and, and you certainly never want to get behind because it's so difficult to catch up with them with the way they run that great Princeton offense. And you know we've talked about the you know the F and M's and the and the Dickinsons, and um, it's it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Are you having fun, Coach? I'm enjoying these guys. I, I really, I, I really am. I mean, I was enjoying them when we were four and seven. Uh, I, I just think they're a great group of guys. They, um, you know, for some reason, they're, they're the leadership by Bogdanovich and Herrick and Jimmy Hammer. Uh, you know, I, Ed Richardson's our other assistant coach. He's been with me all, all uh, 29 years, and he's he's the guy I lean on uh, most of the time when I want to talk about the team and discuss things and you know he's having a ball he, he wouldn't still be doing this if he didn't enjoy it and uh, i give so much credit to the kids we're working with uh certainly impressive you've been 28 years at at hopkins certainly you've been coaching longer than that you're a brockport grad but you have some coaching roots at uh at um rit and nazareth if anyone doesn't know you coach jeff van gundy when you're at nazareth i think that's worked out pretty well for him Jeff's having a ball. I got <laughs> on the bus yesterday to, we were heading to, to Washington College, we were talking, I said, i I got to believe there's one more shot at coaching for him. Um, you know, I think he, knowing him, he's so competitive, but yet, yeah. you know, see, I, he, I know he enjoys his gig on the, on the NBA uh, games a lot. And, Do you stay um, in touch with him? About twice a year. I talk to his dad about once every two or three weeks. And, okay. You know, we're family friends, and, you know, so Stan and Jeff, Stan played against us when he was at when he was at Rockford and I was at RIT. Jeff played for me at Nazareth, and then Stan coached at uh, Castleton State in Vermont. And Stan and Jeff, he coached against Jeff when Jeff played in Nazareth. All that stuff. It's a you know the basketball world's a, you know one little family. Well, it is per- certainly great to see how well the the Blue Jays are doing, and I'm certainly. Um, glad to have you on the show. I appreciate you taking the time. You've talked to your women's basketball coach way too much if you're talking jinx. We don't need to bring up last year at all. No. Uh, <laughs> good luck the rest of the season. I certainly am going to look forward uh, to seeing you guys, I hope, in person here coming up, despite the fact you're 20 minutes away from me. Um, as always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? 
Uh, no, Dave, I just appreciate all you you and your friends do for uh, D3 and uh, with your D3 hoops. And uh, I know it's it's a huge um, uh, factor in uh, spiking basketball interest throughout the country at the D3 level, and uh, we all really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, certainly looking forward to seeing how you guys do the rest of the season, uh, and we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Dave. Good luck to you. Thank you, Coach. Bill Nelson joining us here. Division three schools offer academic scholarships instead of athletic scholarships. This really puts the focus that the student athlete. Sorry, folks. Jumped the gun on our on our our, our video there. We apologize. Uh, I want to thank Coach for coming on the show. Um, again, uh, team is fourteen and two overall, eight and one in a very busy top Centennial Conference right now. Eleven game winning streak. They've got Muhlenberg on the road coming up Saturday. They then uh, are at home against McDaniel on the twenty seventh, and at home against Haverford on the thirty first to round out the January schedule. They still got their rematch with Franklin and Marshall Dickinson course a rematch with mcdaniel looming and gettysburg coming up in february thanks coach for joining us we're going to take a break when we come back we'll jump into some women's basketball and jump into the east region stevens women's basketball to be to be exact megan howie will join us here on the show quick update women's basketball at stevenson uh stevenson women's basketball I should say beat lebanon valley 64 58 uh they go on uh they're still on uh, a huge winning streak themselves i think they're 14 and 2 overall now um, certainly hats off to the Mustangs there. We'll keep you up to date with other scores when we see them. When we come back, East Region Stevens women's basketball coming up here on the show. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this. Division three schools offer academic scholarships instead of athletic scholarships. This really puts the focus that the student athlete needs to maintain that GPA. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. A lot of people pick schools just based on the sport and don't get that experience. Being a Division Three athlete and developing my leadership skills has definitely put my name out there and helped me get more recognition on campus, but more recognition nationwide. I did win the Jostens Trophy, which is based on leadership, academics, and then how well you do on the court. I'm also the Schwartz Scholar of my class. Schwartz Scholarship is basically a scholarship that is given to a student who's identified as a likely leader. And the other day, it won't matter how they play on the field, it will matter how they do in the classroom. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this show. It is Thursday the 22nd, as we are uh, near the end of January, believe it or not. Uh, certainly time is flying in a week's time. We'll be on the air for 12 hours. We hope you'll enjoy or join us, I should say, and hopefully enjoy the show as well. Um, it's certainly going to be jam-packed and, and uh, we'll, uh, it was successful last year. Well, hopefully it's successful yet again this year. If you want to interact with us or have questions, join us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can also email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. If you're watching the show, you can see that all. 
at the bottom of your screen. I'm uh, going to switch gears and talk women's basketball now. And, and one of the teams certainly getting uh, plenty of attention, or at least I think they are, on the East Coast. And in the East region is coming out of the Empire 8. And that would be Stevens. The Ducks certainly had a breakthrough season last year going 18-9. and They are 12-2 and as we speak. So it made sense if we're going to talk East region basketball to talk their head coach. And joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is Coach Megan Howie. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Thank you. <clears throat> Terrific start to the season. Obviously, we're more than halfway through, so saying that's a little bit old. But, you know, you lose to a, a national-ranked Salisbury squad, certainly playing well. Uh, you lose by a scant five points to start the season there. Then you go on a tear before Ithaca tripped you up back on the 16th about uh, just about a week ago. This has been a pretty good season for the Ducks. Yes, we're very excited. Um, we have a young squad. Uh, we have no seniors on our roster. And uh, four juniors that really carry the weight for our leadership. So um, it's been a really exciting year just to see what, um, however you're young, uh, how much maturity we've showed and how much they enjoy playing together. So One of the advantages of where you guys are located, you can certainly access a lot of good teams, um, being close to New Jersey and elsewise. Um, you, you obviously went to DeSales to play and, and got – Unfortunately, the loss against Salzburg rebounded with a winner against a decent Arcadia squad. You've played William Patterson this season, um, certainly a tough squad. You've obviously played in conference as well, uh, but you even went down and, and played TCNJ out of conference. How, how important has been the out-of-conference play as now you get into the real crux of the conference action? I mean, that was definitely one of our goals is to play a good out-of-season schedule this year. Um, we went into Salisbury, the girls very knowledgeable of the success that they had last year, um, knowing, you know, what their returns, and it would be it would be a battle. And I think we really, you know, from that, has, has grown a tremendous amount. Um, that, that loss taught us a ton and really allowed us to kind of push through the next phase of our schedule, which we are today. Um, we also have Muhlenberg coming up next week, which is another good out-of-conference game for us, too, so... Yeah, I was going to say Muhlenberg. You even have Lehman coming up uh, later in February. Uh, what I find interesting is you've got a lot of, let's say, let's call them holes in the schedule in the conference action, allowing for these games like TCNJ and Muhlenberg and Lehman. A little bit not, not status quo, as it were, um, but you seem to want to keep this team moving. You don't want to necessarily give them some time off to maybe – um, um, not rest, but I was going to say it, lose their focus or anything. You want to keep things moving along, and it's nice you can get some out-of-conference games later in the season to do that. Yes, absolutely. I think one of the hard things with the Empire 8 is we play back-to-back -back conference schedule. So we're playing a lot of Friday, Saturday back-to-back -back games at this point in conference um, just because our games are, you know, range from five to six hours away um, on a bus. So for us, we definitely looked at looked to fill those holes. We don't have long weeks off. Um, we had a, a full month off over over the intercession, which is the academic uh, final period. So that was that's always hard to get through, and we kind of don't really want to repeat that that amount of time off. So um, I think our schedule this year has been so far, you know, done well with for our girls in terms of staying prepped and not too much time down. So I was going to say that's the other quirk of the schedule. You only played six games in the 2014 part of the schedule. You played Salisbury, then you played Arcadia the next day, the next. Uh, six days later, you played Brooklyn, and three days later, you played Centenary. You played William Patterson and Vassar all before uh, December 6th. Then you had that month off, as you point out, 
and then you slam some games in there. January yeah. 2nd and 3rd, 6th, 9th, 10th, 12th, 16th, and 17th. Uh, in the first, you know, 15 days of that schedule, you, you played right. basically eight games. You you certainly got back up and running. And as a result, you got some pretty good results. you got to be thrilled with not only the 12-2 and record, but the fact you played all those games in such short time frame and still clicking along. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think one of the unique things about our team is we, on any given night, are playing 12 kids deep with no drop-off in productivity. Um, so we, we play a deep roster this year, a lot of young kids, and I think that's also um, can, you know, attribute to some of the success is that we don't have – I don't consider our kids ever really getting tired. You know, we, we do a good job of, of um, you know, kind of knowing the role and coming in and working hard in the minutes that they play. So um, I think that's also a big factor with now that we're kind of banging away games here, um, some of that success. So Team, you know, this, this team as a, as a whole – um, since joining the Skyline, certainly, ha or from the Skyline, joining the Empire 8 has certainly had success. We've had 20 win seasons as, as recent as 2011, but then it went through a rough stretch. 14 and 14, 14 and 13, 18 and 9, though, came back into the, into the forefront last year. Uh, and now 12 and 2. Is the excitement uh, coming back about this Duck Squad? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, like I said, our juniors now, when they were freshmen my first year, uh, we had a roster of right around eight kids at one point, and uh, they got a tremendous amount of playing time. And although they're juniors, they've, they've like I said, played and now almost going into three years of, of, you know, starting roles. So for me, I think, you know, that's the unique thing is that now are also our, our sophomores, same thing. They've, they've played a lot of minutes for just being so young. So um, I think they're excited. We've got, you know, great attendance at games and a lot of support in the community and from the school. Um, and like I said, the interesting part of the team is they love to play together. Um, you know, we pride ourselves on making the extra pass and passing and, um, you know, they really enjoy that, which is, it makes them fun to coach. So. Talking to Megan Howie here, a head coach for the Stevens Ducks women's basketball team. Again, 12 and 2 on the season and off to a good start in the Empire 8 at 6 and 1. You are just in your third year as head coach for this team uh, and a team that has no seniors on it. Uh, if anybody in Empire 8 is looking ahead, they probably aren't that thrilled about that fact uh, coming up next year. But that means you guys are really gelling this year. Um, what's it like to have a team like this succeeding like they are? with everybody on paper coming back next season? I think it's, it's extremely exciting. You know, I think the challenge is to take one game at a time. You know, I think for us, we've broken the season down into different seasons, and right now we're in season two. Uh, so we've kind of broken into parts for the girls as a way to stay focused, but as a way to kind of see the big picture and what they're able to achieve. If they're able to push through each season and each segment of our of our schedule um, and just do what we do. You know, we pride ourselves on defense and being the toughest team and rebounding and try to simplify it for the girls so that there's, you know, obtainable goals at the end of each game win or loss. And they've done a really good job with that. So I think it's just staying the course and realizing every game is a big game um, and not getting too far ahead of ourselves. So, Caitlin Estelle, your junior, is leading the way at 16.6 points a game. It's a sophomore who's not even starting in Brittany Washington, second on the team at 8.9 points a game and shooting 53% from the floor. Um, of course, hauling in 6.1 rebounds. should mention Estelle's bringing down 7.3 rebounds a game. Uh, Miranda Ripken, 8.2 points a game, 7.8 out of Dylan, uh, Dylan Krause. You're getting, certainly you got your one player in, in Caitlin who's certainly getting double the points everybody else is, 
but it clearly seems like you're getting contributions from everybody. Yes, you know, and that's one of the things we decided in the beginning of the year we want to be is the best team. Uh, I think we looked around and said we have a lot of scoring opportunities in the paint and outside, um, and a lot of girls can put the ball in the basket, but, you know, who do we really want to be? And I think everybody, you know, kind of agreed that, you know, we, we play deep, we see who's on that day. Um, Brittany Washington has been phenomenal off the bench, you know, coming in as a threat um, and just doing, you know, doing her thing. And um, Caitlin, you know, she, she's a phenomenal player, um, and I think she, she definitely gets our, gets our you know energy up she rebounds hard um like i said i can't say enough about great things about miranda ripkin she barely comes off the floor you know to frequently have her guard their best player so she's a defensive force offensive force so like i said a lot of these kids are playing well both sides of the ball which also is you know again fun to coach so uh just for the record uh i feel bad for miranda ripkin uh as we are out of the baltimore area uh, not only has she got the Ripken name, she's from Falston, Maryland. Uh, I, I mean, from basically down the street from Ripken Stadium, everything Ripken-like. Um, I don't feel bad in the sense that it, it, I, I think there's maybe expectations of her uh, that, that are not fair. But what's it like to have the ability to pull in players from a lot of different areas? I mean, you have certainly a lot of New Jersey, and you certainly have some New York, but you've got... Uh, California and Florida, Maryland, Georgia. Um, this is just scanning your roster quickly and, and other places. What's it like to be able to pull in students from many different areas to a school as small and, and unique as Stevens? Yeah, I mean, as a, it's a coach's dream, in my opinion. I think it that's a true testament to the school. I mean, all of our kids came, have come to Stevens for the you know the academics, and that just plays such a huge part in uh, in our everyday life. Stevens and uh, in recruiting. I mean, I think it makes us, you know, a desirable place. And as Stevens goes up and up and up in the rankings for us as coaches, um, you know, it becomes a little harder finding, you know, kids that can be qualified academically. But when you do, I think you're, you put yourself in a whole different league of, like I said, national recruitment model and where you're able to pull from. So I know our, my coaches have loved it. You know, we, we recruit hard across the country throughout the, throughout the year. And um, it's just, provides a neat piece. I think it also, um, for our team chemistry, is also neat in that we have such a variety and diverse, you know, makeup of where kids are from. And um, it isn't just kids from Jersey. And I think that makes it, you know, very fun to coach as well. So, By the way, I, I meant to ask you uh, one quick question about, um, uh, was it Washington, Brittany Washington? Seems like she's the type of player, if she's thriving that well, playing about 18 minutes a game, coming off the bench and contributing the way she is, is she that kind of player who maybe is better off the bench than necessarily as a starter? And they do exist. Yes. I mean, my biggest thing is, you know, me and the coaching staff talk all the time about realistically we can have a ton of different starting lineups. But, you know, our belief has been a little bit don't fix what's not broken. And uh, Brittany has thrived in the position we put her in, which is, hey, you know, five minutes into the game, here's your time, you know, your minutes, and go in there until you're tired. And uh, it's worked. So, you know, she might be a phenomenal starter, you know, and, and but for us it's more of, you know, we've really got a groove here going on with um, with our the minutes played and how we sub and what we do there. And I think the girls feel good about it. Um, they play, like I said, they, you can see that the joy they have playing together with different groups. So for us, you know, Brittany, 
in Washington is kind of the unseen weapon, we like to say, coming in or maybe not on the first, you know, opponent's scouting reports, and she's not in the starting lineup, but she's so skilled. Um, she's got such a knack for the basket. She's a phenomenal kicker. You know, she loves to play with her back to the basket, and she's a tough defender. So for us, we really enjoy having her in that role of kind of the next the next round a girl sub in, and she's a part of that. So. Talking to, talking to Megan Dowry, uh, Howie, sorry, Megan Howie. Jeez, I'll get that right. Uh, <laughs> women's basketball coach at Stevens Institute of Technology uh, in the Empire 8 again, 12-2 and two on the season, 6-1 and one in conference play. Before I talk about the conference, one more question about your team. You've gone 10 deep in 12 of the 14 games. There's a handful of other games, or more than half, where you've gone even deeper than that. Is that a sign that you've got games in control and can play players, or is it a sign that you're just that deep? Oh, I would say, yeah, no. I think it's definitely that our trust is that deep. I think if you see, you know, our, our next crew that comes in, like I said, there's, there's not a drop-off, in my opinion. It's a little bit of a different style, and, you know, we, we do a little bit different play calling and whatnot. But from our first group to our, our next group and everybody that subs in, I mean, I think our coaching staff, we feel very comfortable in the variety of threats and that um, it's not, you know, not a matter of the score. It's more a matter of this is who we are, you know, and this is, uh, this is hard to guard. You know, this keeps us fresh. It keeps our legs fresh, in my opinion. Um, you know, two years ago, I couldn't take some of the kids off the floor, and I was asking them to play, you know, 39 minutes plus, and it's, it's kind of nice now to have that support system, and, you know, it's their other kids' turn to go in and, you know, do what they do in those minutes. And, um, you know, again, from our point guard on, I mean, Erica, because that love our point guard, I can't say enough great things about her either, is that, you know, she, she loves assists this year. I mean, you can see her. She loves making phenomenal passes. You know, so it's so much more to our team than just being the top scorer. Or, you know, we pride ourselves in a variety of different ways, and I think it's allowed a lot of kids to get into the rotation and do be the leading rebounder, be the, you know, be the person that guards their best player. And Daphne Jen does that a lot and asking her to shut down, um, shut down their best player. And so it's been fun. I mean, the kids, I think, enjoy it, and uh, it's been fun coaching. So, Let's talk about this Empire 8. You guys are now 6-1 and one in conference action. Uh, Ithaca's ahead of you at 6-0, and oh, thanks to that win just the other night. Um, both of you, the stellar records, 12-3 and three for Ithaca, 12-2 and two for you guys. St. John Fisher lurking two games behind, or really a game and a half behind at 4-2, and two, along with Nazareth, uh, both with winning records. Utica's at 5-3 and three with a winning record. And then there's everybody else, Amira, Hartwick, Alfred, and, and Huff, uh, Houghton, uh certainly struggling. What, what is this, what's this conference going to come down to? Clearly it looks like you and Ithaca are going to battle it out from the top, but I have a gut feeling nobody's writing off St. John Fisher, Nazareth, or Utica just yet. Yes, absolutely. I mean, our biggest thing is, you know, playing on the opponent's floor in this conference is definitely tough, you know, so you never want to take a, take a road game easy. And I think, uh, I think, you know, like you said, that we've got some tough teams in our conference. St. John Fisher's having a great year. Um, Nazareth and Lindsay Kelly, they're post player. They're tough. They're, they have a great, you know, great team. Um, even Utica, who's tied in for fourth. I mean, they just, they, they're a very tough team to play. So I think for us, it's going to be in the Empire is definitely a fight down to the finish, which it was last year just to see who secures those, those last four spots. So, uh, Of course, travel will be a big deal. You've got to go to Hartwick and Utica coming up this weekend. Um, Hartwick in the middle of nowhere, at least Utica's on the throughway for the return trip home. Um, you then have the home game against Muhlenberg. Then you're back on the road 
um, for three two conference games, um, basically out near Rochester and then back home, or then again on the road for Lehman before you're home. Really what I'm getting at is you guys got to be road warriors at least for the next few weeks, really for the rest of the season, as by my count, you only have about four games left uh, of your remaining schedule at home. This is going to be the tough grind, as it were. Yep, absolutely. You know, this is kind of the long stretch here, the big push. And, uh, you know, we're excited to be in the position we are, but we also can't take for granted and look too much at our record. And more it's about, like you said, how you perform on the road, how tough are you on the road, you know. Hometown crowds and schools back in session for a lot of schools means strong away crowds for a lot of these schools. So, you know, for us it's just got to be doing the little things and staying focused on, you know, who we are while also making sure we're prepared for our opponents. But um, this is going to be a good test for us. And I think, like I said, we're excited. The girls are ready, um, you know, and to kind of fight through this section of our, of our schedule. So. so what's the message to the team? You played uh, 14 of your 25 games. You're about two-thirds, or I should say about a third of the way through conference action with seven of your games played. How do you – what's the message to the team that you guys may be repeating often as you're in practices or in games or on the bus as you travel uh, for the rest sure. of the stretch? Yeah, I mean, our biggest thing, like, that goes on every scout report is, is just toughness. And, uh, we mean that in a variety of ways. You know, get to the rim, be the better rebounding team, uh, be mentally tough through runs and, you know, it's a game of runs. Um, and then our second thing is just, you know, um, heart, hustle, and team. You know, we want to be the best team. And I think, um, with our depth and the, the belief the girls have put into each other, you can see that, um, kind of take form out there on the floor. So those are definitely the two, you know, our two mantras that we're, we're pushing for now the staff the girls have really done a good job of believing in um and it allows us to play good defense and hold teams to you know point totals and goals and it allows us then to play you know hard on the offense then so well i appreciate you coming on the show and talking about the team certainly impressed with how you guys have uh handled the season so far with that certainly odd schedule but it's worked out at 12 and 2 on the season Six and one in conference action. I know again you'll be back on the road here shortly. As always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be oh, tuning no, in? Oh no, I just thank you very much for having us. We're very excited and to be a part of your show. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Good luck, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. All right, thank you. Yeah. Megan Howie joining us here on the show. We appreciate her taking the time. Again, team hits the road, travels to Hartwick and then Utica this weekend before returning home for a non-conference game against Muhlenberg and then back on the road for a conference action weekend play of two games, finishing up at Alfred to finish out the month of January. Appreciate her taking the time to join us. When we come back, we'll stay with the women's basketball theme and talk about our school of the week. We'll head out west to Iowa and talk about the Luther North. Norse. That's all coming up here on the show. Again, don't forget to interact with us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I used to never really talk. 
ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show here on Thursday, November or January 22nd. Let's not go back too far in time. Um, lots to cover, obviously, as we're primarily talking about the East, Mid-Atlantic, Great Lakes, and West regions. Of course, we also have our School of the Week um, presented by the City of Salem. We'll have all the graphics and all the fun stuff on a future show. But if you do want to go to the Men's Basketball Championship Weekend, make sure you... Uh, Head down to Salem, Virginia. More information will be available on buying tickets, which you can pretty much buy at any point in time. But uh, we'll share more of that information as time moves on. Our School of the Week this week, we are back in the West Conference, or in the West Conference, I should say, talking to a team who's certainly having a spectacular year, um, looking to return the, to the glory of as recent as 2007 when they won 24 games. Since then, it's been a little bit tougher. And joining us via Skype is Amanda Bailey of the number 25 Luther women's basketball team. Coach, uh, thanks for joining me here on Hoopsville. Yeah, it's great to have a chance to talk with you. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, love the T-shirt, by the way. Zero excuses. I have a gut feeling that's what co many coaches would love to be wearing, especially this time of year. Yeah, definitely. Our kids... Uh kind of the, the model we took on earlier this summer so they've been they've been sticking to it uh well, i appreciate the 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 sentiment that's for sure but I, I suspect there's a few players every once in a while going come on this time of year i need one excuse i just need <laughs> something to get me through this probably but they know that they shouldn't <laughs> come to me with that um, <laughs> it makes got, some sense they've got teammates that can help them through tough situations but when we step on the court uh you know we expect zero excuses Sure. No, that I can understand entirely. This is a team that is certainly playing really good basketball right now. Um, the team is 14-2 and two overall. We booked the, the segment before your, your game against Simpson, which was a tough loss on the road by seven there just last night um, to hand you your second loss. But you're still 4-1 and one in conference, which has you tied in a three-way tie with Coe and Dubuque at the top of this of this IIAC, you got to be happy with how this team is playing, especially considering you've already outdone your win total from last year, and you're knocking on the door of the win total from the year before. Definitely, I mean, we, it's not so like we we struggled last year. It's it's very um, obvious looking at our record and and going into this year, we wanted to kind of have a new approach and knowing that you know we've got 12 kids on our team of 21 that weren't on the team last year, yeah. so to spend time thinking about that instead of moving forward um, wasn't something that we wanted to do. So our kids have been playing hard and uh, fighting for everything. And, you know, going into to conference, being picked last, it, it didn't mean anything to this team because this is a completely different team. Um, they were going to use it as motivation and just keep pushing forward. And 
it's a very, very tough uh, conference right now, tight race, and it was unrealistic to think that any team was going to go through um, you know, the season undefeated just because there's so much uh, competition from you know, every single night. So tough loss last night, but a loss is what you let it be, and um, if we take a step back, then it will be a loss if we can use it to, to push us forward and become a better team than um, it came at the right time. You're in your fourth year as, as, a, as head coach for this team. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, you're a far, former two-time D3Hoops.com All-American. Um, and I noticed that you decided to book your, your, uh, your alma mater for the opening game of the season. You took on Stevens Point. I'm not sure Shirley likes you anymore uh, <laughs> as you handed her squad a 61-56 loss to start the season. I saw her at the D3Hoops.com Classic. Uh, great to see her. I always love catching up with her. But are you even on ter- speaking terms with her anymore? Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> Shirley has been a, a role model for me from from day one. There's a reason I wanted to go play for her and spend a you know a year coaching with her. Uh, she's given me a lot. She's done a lot for me. Um, coming back home on that first game, it was definitely a, a bittersweet uh, a game. Um, stepping back into the gym and and being able to coach against her. And the best thing was that she told me she was proud of me and. Um, you know, the win was great, but hearing that from her meant a lot. Was that before the game or after? Um, afterwards. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Because then she's being, she's being sincere. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we should also point out you're a four-time All-American in track and field there. Um, <laughs> four times in the shot put and once in the discus. I, I know track and field well. Looking at you, I, I don't mean to be disparaging, <laughs> but I wouldn't put you down as a shot putter. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, um... You know, as as a collegiate athlete, your your body's a little different than when you're done. <laughs> True. So I, I think honestly, I weighed more playing college basketball than when I gave birth to my kids. But <laughs> you know, it worked for me then, and and now you find different ways to, you know, to stay healthy in life. So. Yeah, I do not look like I'm like soccer days <laughs> whatsoever. It's just be realistic of that. Um, back to your team again. You know, you start that run. You get the win over Stevens Point, then the win over Carthage at Stevens Point. You beat Saint Olaf. Platteville then trips you up. We got a chance to see them at the D3Hoops.com Classic. To be honest with you, I can see how that could have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you rolled through some of more more of your old rivals in River Falls. Then you got kind of back into things. Even taking a trip down to to, to Tennessee for the Music City Classic, and and you just kept winning and winning. Uh, and getting big victories before getting into conference play. How much confidence has this team been kind of um, building as the season has progressed? Um, they're definitely becoming more confident. Uh, you know, you've talked about how the last couple years haven't been good, and um, history and past experiences and games can really uh, mess with our kids' focus and um, their confidence going through. So getting a win, um, every one has been very important for us to, to move forward. Um, no matter who team it is. We kind of took a new approach again, like I said, different style of defense we're playing, full court, uh, 94 feet of pressure, uh, 40 minutes. So definitely want to continue to get better at that. And um, I mean, going into the season, it was realistic to think that if we couldn't get things figured out, we could go 0-4 to start the season. So winning that first game and continually going, um, our kids kept believing in what we're doing, which was very important to have that trust between coaches and players. Um, and the Platteville game, it, it 
you know, they're they're a tough team. They've got some great players. It came at a good time for us to to take a step back and continue to improve on on what we want to do and take a look. Um, you know, what adjustments do we have to make? Every team's going to approach us different. Um, every team's strengths or weaknesses are different. So how can we uh, use what we have and the aggressive athletic players that we have to to pull out a win? Talking here with Amanda Bailey, head coach of the number 25 ranked Luther women's basketball team. The Norse off to a 14-2 and start, 4-1 and in conference play. And you took over for uh, Coach Hillebrand, who was the dean of the IAAC, essentially. She's on to being just a student life uh, dean now on campus. I assume she's still there. I didn't get a chance to research that. But you took over a program that was steeped in history and had been struggling for a little while. And since your arrival, um, your first rough year, certainly at 6-19, and 19, but then 13-13, 11-14 mm-hmm. and 13, 11 and 14 last year, and now, as we point out, you're 14-2. and two. Basically, I should correct myself from earlier, surpassing the last two seasons in wins. That's got to be creating a little bit more buzz again about Luther women's basketball on campus. Definitely. I think anytime you're trying to turn a program around, a new coach comes in, it takes time to get the right players in, um, you know, to be able to play the style that you want to play. And there is some excitement. There's, you know, our, our crowds have been bigger. People are, are excited to watch our girls play. Um, you know, we've, we had a couple transfers come in that just bring the intensity that we need, that they're making the players around them better. It's, it's just been a, a great ride so far. You only have three seniors on this squad. You have a lot of players at least listed on the roster. Yep. You're led by a junior and more in uh, loaning uh, at 13. Loaning, yep. thank you. 13.9 yep. points a game. Uh, Megan Kopnick, uh, your senior there at 13.5 points a game. Another double figures from, uh, is it Kylie Romeo? Yep. Um, great name, by the way. <laughs> um, Romeo's averaging 12.3 points a game. Uh, of course, she's a junior as well. So you've got a little bit of senior leadership, but this is a program that's been building with underclassmen. you got to be very confident. You talk about you know building as a new coach. you got to be pretty confident with the building, as it were, towards the future with all these underclassmen as well. Definitely. We're, we have the leadership that we need. Megan has been a four-year starter for me. She came in, um, you know, our program was down, believed in me as a coach and our team and what we could do, and she's definitely been a part of this, this turnaround. Um, and we also know that we're going to have Moran, Moran and uh, Kylie and um, some younger kids. Our, our post players are young, uh, freshmen, sophomore inside. We'll graduate one of our seniors, Carrie Keelan. But this is just a, a very um, – Young young group coming up, but also just a young group playing together. Like I said, 12 of the kids worked on the team last year, so we've got a, a different uh, feel, a different vibe, and that's just been really, really strong for us. Um, we do have 21 kids on the team, which is a big roster, and I think a lot of times the kind of the unspoken heroes right now are, the, are those 10 kids that come into practice every single day, working hard, pushing our team. Um, we couldn't be where we are right now if we didn't have that competitiveness in practice, being able to go full court in our drills, work hard. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see those kids as they continue to mature and get better and where they're going to fit in our program as well. I should also point out uh, Anna, is it Madrigal? Yep. Uh, she's also averaging 10.5 points a game, uh, or really 9.8 points a game. So, you know, again, you've got lots of options. She's a sophomore. Um, you know, the, it's clearly a team built for the future, and I think that's what's interesting, especially when you look at this IIAC this season. 
Um, you know, Coe and Dubuque are certainly in the conversation. Simpson is having another terrific season. You know, this is a conference that just last year, uh, you guys, uh, you were down at the bottom of at 2-12, and 12, whereas Loris was a team at top at 12-2. and two. Seems like a lot of turnover in this conference this season. Definitely. Like, like I said, it's, it's scary going into every single night. People are like, you know, who do you have next and how are they going to be? And you just you talk about it. Every team is so different. Um, and, it, yeah, it's, it's tough. You just got to figure out um, how you're going to match up with each school, what you can do, how you can um, use your strengths and hopefully uh, show their weaknesses just to, to get through on any night. Um, yeah, it's going to be a race to the end. <laughs> it certainly will be. Amanda Bailey joining us here from the Norse of Luther women's basketball team out of Iowa. Uh, you've got Loris coming up on Saturday. You then take off on and hit the road to play Muna Vista and Co. The following two games to wrap up January before returning home. And home will be good for you in February as you play four of six uh, at, um, at the Regent Center. Uh, but how important is it to kind of get back off off this loss against Loris at home before then hitting the road for two? Yeah, it's it's very important. Um, we talk about defending our home court. I'm sure everybody has that that same thought. You want to defend the home court and try to you know steal a couple wins on the road. Um, we've got our alumni coming back and this weekend, so that's important for us too, is to continue to show that Luther pride. We've got a lot of those kids who were part of the program when it was um, seeing a lot of success. So for them to come back and cheer our kids on and be able to have that, uh, you know, those conversations back and forth. But, you know, like I said before, a loss is as big as you want to make it. Well, how, how quickly can that team turn around and uh, continue to string wins together? And, um, yeah, so we just got to continue to play Luther basketball. Um, Coach, as you are our School of the Week, we like to have some fun. School of the Week presented by the City of Salem, host of the Men's Basketball Championship weekend. We, we like to have some fun because uh, well, we want to make it unique. And so I know you've only been there for four years, but we do have a trivia uh, game that we play with our School of the Week. It's based on history of the school, history of the athletics department, maybe of your own program there at Luther uh, I promise you, there are no questions about Stevens Point, so I didn't I didn't necessarily throw any easy ones in there. I hate to tell you, last week we started off with a five for five on the five questions. Granted, he was an alum of the school, and we did not know he used to give tour guide uh, oh. trips. Did not realize that when we had the questions, so he was able to skirt out the five. So, I wish you luck. I, I apologize. Some of these I looked up myself. I realize they were doozies, but they're at the same time fascinating trivia. So do you mind having some fun with us here? You bet. We like to have fun at Luther. Awesome. Okay. So these are in no particular order as to how difficult or easy they are. Um, but we'll start with uh, the first question. It's about the women's basketball program. Luther women's basketball has had 11 players, according to the website, score 1,000 or more points in its history. But who has scored the most? Oh, geez. I know. Sorry. At least uh, started with your team. Let's see. Is it Trisha Hoffman? Am I wrong there? It's see. not Hoffman. It's oh. Carrie Tufty. T oh, Kenny, yes. Uh, 1,920 points in 102 games between 93 and 96. I should uh, know this. I remember it being on Jane's wall. I, should, <laughs> I stared at it many days in meetings. I Jane's probably watching this going, I can't believe it. 
Uh, yeah. uh, watch out. You might watch walk down to your office tomorrow. <laughs> we haven't been looking at the records much this year. So. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Uh, Luther Athletics officially began actually with a baseball game in 1891, if you can believe it. Who was their opponent? The only reason I brought this up is this school has some history with each other. Um, no, very good, but no. Okay. Um, but they're not in the same conference. Okay. So I'll give you a second chance at this one. Oh, not in the conference? No. <clears throat> you played them this year. We played them this year? Yeah, you did. Lacrosse? Nope. No, I'm sorry. St. Olaf. Oh. Yeah, see? There's some history there, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, St. Olaf's your answer. Uh, this one I, I, I'll, I'll give you closest, as close as you can get here. Since joining the, I, the Iowa Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, Luther has actually dominated in all sports. How many IIAC titles has Luther won? Close, I'll, I'll give you within five. I'm just going to show how That's ridiculous okay. I am right now. Um, it's not going to get easier, I hate to tell you. Yeah, I'm sure. You want to give me like a range? Yeah, I'll give you a range. So I'll give you a best of. So um, between 75 and 100, okay. 125 and 150, 175 and 200, and 201 and 230. I'm supposed to pick one of those ranges? Just pick one of those ranges. What was the first one you said? First one. <laughs> between 100 and 125. A hundred and sure. okay, sure. yeah. Well, you should have gone for the last one. It's two hundred and twenty-nine, one hundred and sixty-one on the men's side, sixty-eight on the women's side. We're gonna have to pull out some trivia with our team. I know you're gonna have to. Yeah. The next ones are just ones I found fascinating. Maybe, Maybe one. I'll of them, be the one that can go like goes over five this week. So it then. evens it off. Yeah, they'll yeah. even it off. Um, Luther was established as a Lutheran seminary by Norwegian immigrants, thus the name. That was pretty easy. But in what year was it established? Come on, you got to know this okay, one. We just celebrated our 150 years. That's a good start. Years ago, so I think we're we've been established for 152 years, I think. So, what's the math on that? <laughs> I usually turn to one of my players on for me, my math major. Yeah, you went to a state school, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks, thanks. Sorry, good resist. Oh, I'm serious here. Where are we at? I'll let you do it. It's okay. You're thinking it through. That's half the battle. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's 1860-something. 61? Yes. 1861 right. is the answer. It was previously known as the Norwegian Evangelical. I can't even spell. Yeah, and it wasn't even... Located in Decor. No, it wasn't. It, it was started, in Wisconsin. Yeah, it started first time started in uh, Wisconsin, but it was first uh, the Norwegian Evangelical Lutheran Church College in 1857, redone in 61 as Luther, and you're right, did not start. I did not go with that trivia. I should have gone I with that. Get, I, I should get bonus that. points for that one. You should, but I got a bonus question coming for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so here's the final one. Luther has had a number of notable alumni. Many have gone on to incredible music careers, and several have gotten involved in politics. What alum, though, went on to be a governor and a U.S. senator from his home state? Yeah, I know. I just <laughs> like this question. I give up. Clarence Norman Burnsdale, 24th governor of North Dakota, class of 1913. 
Yeah, sorry. Bonus question. What Luther alum became the wife of an eventual Speaker of the House of Representatives? Callista Bissek, better known as Gingrich. Oh. Newt Gingrich's wife, class of 88. By the way, just because I love this, two alums, and this is where you're going to find your history that I referenced earlier, two alums have become the first presidents at colleges. Ingbert Gross, in 1885, graduate, became the president of Concordia Moorhead, and Thorborn Morn, I hope I say his name right, it's Norwegian, 1870 class, President St. Olaf. Oh. Yeah, see. I do know the, the St. Olaf history there, but... My my husband's a Luther grad and he's the oh. in the family, so we should have should have uh, had so him. so yeah. Well, we should have brought him in. I apologize. Oh, fine. <laughs> we could have had more fun, but I had to do the Wikipedia search, look on the website. I just randomly grabbed some stuff. So uh -huh. hey, you at least got at least one right. That's not going <laughs> off the snide. That's pretty darn good. Good, good. Uh, coach, appreciate you coming on and having some fun with us again. The team is certainly having a terrific season, as we pointed out. Uh, Fourteen and two overall, four and one in conference action. Um, but before we let you go, we always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who, who may be watching? Um, I think, you know, as we continue on this season, our, our kids are just going to continue to work hard. We talk every day about having the pursuit of excellence, not necessarily pursuit of winning. Um, and, and we're going to play with grit. We're going to play with guts, um, resilience, intensity. We're going to be tough and from day one, when we walked into the gym, we said that if we do the things that we need to do, at the end of the year, we'll be where we're supposed to be. Um, and right now, we're, we're finding out that our, our hard work is paying off, and you know there's a lot of season to go yet, but we're going to continue to try to make Luther proud. Very good. Well, you certainly have, again, 14-2 and two on the season. I still want to see Shirley book you for next next another time. I'm, I think she's going to duck you. That's just <laughs> she doesn't want to lose again. Now they're having a good season as well. But yeah. uh, thanks so much. You certainly have traveled around, but you're on to conference play. You'll be hitting the road soon, and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. She, Amanda Bailey joining us from Luther again. The team 14 and two overall, four and one in conference play. They will take on Loris at home in conference action coming up here on Saturday before hitting the road to round out January against Buena Vista and go. When we come back, we'll switch gears and go back into some men's basketball. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this. Division three allows you to be able to give yourself to other things, not even just participate in them, but really get involved with them if you want to. There's a lot of interaction. Um, it's not just sitting back, taking notes. You're actually doing hands-on things and better preparing yourself for your major. Choosing a Division III school, I've had the opportunity to develop my leadership skills and to be more involved on campus. Division III in athletics you know, affords students the opportunity not only to participate in uh, intercollegiate athletics at a competitive level, but also gives them the opportunity to you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport and outside of the academics on the campus. And to have opportunity to have time to join clubs and being able to play basketball, it allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. 
nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show on this Thursday, January 22nd edition. Don't forget, if you missed any of the show or you want to catch up with it later, you can watch it on demand uh, on our uh, Hoopsville page. Of course, you can also listen to it podcast-wise via SoundCloud. Appreciate all those who have certainly uh, been attracted to the podcast. Uh, bigger numbers than we expected. We certainly love that. But at the same time, glad you're watching it via video as well. We're going to switch now back into some men's basketball chat. And we're going to switch into the Great Lakes region. And one of the stories maybe uh, has bubbled to the surface a little bit on the men's side of things in the Great Lakes is certainly the Mount St. Joseph men's basketball team, mainly partially, in fact, that the HCAC is now officially in the Great Lakes region and not buried, as it were, in the uh, in the central region. But nonetheless, off to a terrific start this season. Uh, couldn't help but bring them on. And at 13-3 and in overall and 8-1 and in conference action, it did seem like a bit of a no-brainer. So joining us on the Hoopsville hotline is Toby Kerrigan, head coach for Mount St. Joseph. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Dave, thanks for having me. Appreciate everything you guys do for Division Three Hoops, and happy to be here. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I, I do notice that you and I are roughly the same age, as I notice you're a Hanover grad of 98. Yes, sir. Um, so not only are you still in this conference, as it were, um, you know this conference well. You know that starting out 8-1 and in this conference right now and being 13-3 and is a pretty good way of being at the midway point, as it were. Yeah, we're, we're... We're pretty happy with how our guys are playing and, and how hard they're playing. And absolutely, in this being in this league for so long, of course, I was at Transylvania for for nine years too. So I've been in this yeah. league for a while, and and it's um, top to bottom, like like almost every league. It's it's a it's a grind every night, every conference game. So we're 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 pretty pleased with with how the first half of the conference season's gone. Being nine years at Transylvania under the lanes, I can only imagine what yes, little sir. tricks you may have picked up uh, <laughs> along the way out of Kentucky. Uh, of course, you're just further a little bit north up in the Cincinnati area now, and, and, and you look at this start to the season, and you know, un- unfortunately you ran into Augustana, who unceremoniously thanked you for your appearance in the second round <laughs> of the game, or second game of the season, and Defiance tripped you up for your lone conference loss uh, by a scant three points back on December 6th. Thomas Moore got you by a, a point on December 20th. But since then, you have rattled off, um, what is it, six straight, seven straight wins, um, in, including in-conference action over Manchester and Bluffton and Earlham and, and your alma mater Hanover and Rose Holman, who's been carrying the mantle of this uh, conference for a while, and then Anderson. Did you expect this season to be this good? Well, we we got things going a little bit last year. Um, this this being our fourth year, we've now got we've got some guys that have been in the program now for multiple years, and 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 as you know, that that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And so last year we were thirteen and five in the league, and and seventeen and nine overall. So and with with only one guy graduating, we thought we could could be okay and compete again at at the. Uh, at the top of the conference, but you know how that goes. I mean, <laughs> if, if if nobody does anything in the summer and, and you're not ready to go, then then you can get uh, punched in the mouth pretty quick. Yeah. But but our guys have responded and 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 have, have played well and, and and they've done what we've asked them to do. So um, as you know, you got to have have guys out there that can get things done to 
to compete at a high level. Yeah, I mean, when I talk to a few people about this conference, I don't want to say Mount St. Joe came to the forefront as one of the teams to watch out for. Defiance certainly did. I would argue that as you talk more about the conference, you guys come up in conversation. It's not like you're forgotten about. But, you know, 17-9 and last year, you point out 13-5 and in conference action. But that, that was kind of your coming out party. You guys hadn't had a winning season uh, as a program since 2007 when you finished 13-12. and It had been a real rough stretch uh and before that it was nine and 17 and in 12 in 2012 and 13 what what's it like to literally kind of come out of that now i mean 17 and 9 last year you're you're literally following that up this year at 13 and 3 i'm sure there's a buzz on campus about your team we'll talk about the buzz in general but the buzz about your team uh and there's got to be maybe some heads turning in the hcac they're going okay this is a bigger race for the top of this conference than maybe even we thought it would be. Yeah, you know, like I said, we've got three seniors, and one of those seniors has been here and started for us for four years. So he was here for that first year when we were 7-18 and 18 and 3-15 and 15 in the conference, and he's the one, one freshman from that year that's still left. And then we have guys, you know, that join us and come in the next year. And, and we were playing a lot of young guys when we went – nine and 17 and, and eight and 10. And, and so those guys have been around and they've already played a lot of conference games, even our juniors, uh, but especially our seniors. And so, you know, they had a lot of experience and, 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 you know, like coaches say, when you have guys that have been around for a long time, is you know, they, they start a game and like, man, these guys feel like they've been here for 10 years. And, and so that's a, a huge, huge advantage for, for us as a program to have guys that have been around and they know what is expected from them and, and have responded to, to competing and, and coming out every night and being ready to go. And um, so having those older guys, it's just, I can't, uh, I can't say enough how, how important it's been to us. And while you've got those three seniors, you're not necessarily led in the stat sheets by those three seniors. It's a junior in, in, in Joel uh, Scudder who's got 15.3 uh, points a game. Uh, Mark Allen at, at 11.4 points a game. Um, Mark's your senior out of Cincinnati. Yes, um, and then Femi Thompson uh, is up there in double figures as well at 11.1 points a game. Um, and, and Femi's a junior. So two of your three double-figure scorers are juniors. So while you've got those three seniors who certainly have a lot of experience having been through the doldrums as it were, it's what's behind those seniors that I think makes your team so dangerous considering they're going to be around here for another year or two. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had six different guys lead us in scoring this year. And I think that's one of the things that that makes us a little bit uh, harder to prepare for is, is you never know who's going to step up. And our guys have done a great job of nobody cares who who is lead us in, lead us in scoring. And, and, and all they care about is how we finish as a team, how we compete as a team. And, and you know, when it's over, we're trying to get guys in the best position, and if we can find mismatches or find what works best for us, then guys are able to step up and get things done. And Like I said, having six different guys lead us in scoring in different games throughout the years is hard to prepare for. should point out Andy Countryman, your senior. By the way, love the name. Um, <laughs> 9.5 points a game. He's pretty much right there at the double-digit mark. Ken uh, Kunkel, uh, your other senior, is is next in the scoring column. And then it's Bobby Murdoch, a sophomore, who's next. So you point out the six different guys. You're getting a lot of contributions. What's going to be the secret, though, avoiding the proverbial injuries, obviously? 
What's going to be the secret for this team to continue the success? The cat's out of the bag. 17-9 last year, 13-5 in conference play. Now you're 13-3 overall, 8-1 in conference action. The cat's out. Uh, people know who you guys are now. They, they, they're not going to take you guys maybe lightly as they have in the years past. So how do you get through the next oh, third to half the season? I think for us as a staff, Coach Ray and I have to go into to practice every day and not let guys get complacent and making sure that we're preparing for the next game as if it's the biggest game we've played. And I think, um, you know, that's the most important thing. And we've tried to do that as a coaching staff, and our guys have responded to it. So if they continue to respond and, and they continue to prepare and, and, and come out ready every game, then, you know, We'll, we'll we'll see what happens when the horn goes off, but you know the, those guys have been doing a great job of trying to do what we ask them to do. Your next stretch of four games is an interesting hodgepodge of the conference. Uh, you've got Franklin coming up next um, on Saturday. Uh, they're three and thirteen, two and seven in conference action. You've got that game on the road. Then you're at home against your alma mater Hanover, uh, who you've beaten already. But they're surprisingly eight and eight, and I say that. Uh, having seen them in action, five and four in conference action, I think they're better than that record would indicate, especially with their win over Worcester earlier this season. Earlham comes up on the 31st. Uh, they're 0 and 16, 0 and 9 in the conference, and then you got Transylvania uh, coming up, and they're struggling this year at seven and nine, four and five in conference play. So you've got a, a bit of a. You're going to get a couple battles here. You're going to get some teams who are desperate as well. Um, what's the message to the squad just to round out January? The message has been, and, and, and we've had to do it a little bit here through the first round too with, with teams that that maybe record-wise don't appear to be, you know, where, they, where they'd like to be, is these guys are still college basketball players. I mean, they're, they're preparing just like we're preparing to go out and win the basketball game. So if, if we don't do the same, if, if we're not going to prepare, if we're not going to take everybody um, – with the highest respect, then then you're going to go out and and it'll be a dog fight from the start to finish, and you know in our league from top to bottom you've you've got to prepare that way, no matter you know no matter I mean, coach at Earlham's doing a great job it's his first year. I mean he may he hasn't won a game yet, but those guys I'm watching tape we've played them at their place already. I mean they're competing for 40 minutes, mm -hmm. and so you know that's the message we we try to send our guys. You've got to compete for 40 minutes no matter. What the record says, they are every day. They're trying. They're trying to prepare to, to do the same thing we're trying to do, and that's go out and, and and play at a high level. You look at the top of this conference again. You guys are up by game on Defiance. Um, of course, Defiance has the win on you guys. Of course, you'll get that rematch coming up on February seventh. But you've got a one game edge on them, and eight and one in conference play. Rolls Holman is sitting uh, two and a half games back under a new head coach themselves, ten and six. Six and three in conference action. Anderson seven and nine, six and three. And we mentioned the rest: Hanover, Bluffton, then Transylvania. This conference certainly is going to come down to um, whoever is going to, you know, gut out a win essentially to get home court advantage. But how important would home court advantage be for you guys to have this conference have to come through your doors in the semifinals and, and potentially the championship? Well, I 
think I think for everybody it's huge. I mean, Defiance is so good at home. Rose Holman is so good at home. Yeah. I mean, everybody in this league. And for us, we've only lost two home games in the last two years. So, you know, last year our only loss at home was to Defiance. And this year our only loss so far at home is it was to Augustana. So, um, you know, it's just the the importance of being able to host a conference tournament um, is is so great and 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 for us it's just as as important as everybody else because you know you're shooting on your goals that you get to, to practice on every day and you have your your home home court advantage with your fans that are right here on campus and so uh, yeah it's 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 huge to to try to get that uh, to be able to host a conference tournament no doubt. Have your nine scheduled games remaining four of them are at home five of them on the road so a nice mix there though you do finish the season with three straight on the road so you're going to have to be a little road warrior-esque to get that home court advantage yeah that, that's and that's one of the things that we're, we're a little bit have have done a little bit better this year we've been able to win a couple games on the road uh, that we that we lost last year so that's that's one of the reasons we're in the position we are now we've been able to get a couple of those wins that w- that we didn't last year so we have to continue to 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 do a great job on the road and and and, and you know prepare no matter what the record says the other team is prepare uh, at a high level of course you'll have uh Hanover at home you'll have Defiance at home but you will have Anderson and Rose Holman on the road to close out the season uh, any word that if you get home court advantage, Xavier will be nice enough to you guys as they work for the women's team to start the season. <laughs> that was uh, yeah, that was that was that was something else that, that yeah. Xavier did did for our women's team, and uh, um, I'm sure our guys would love to play in there, but I'm sure they'd also tell you that uh, they'd love to shoot on our goals here in, sure. in the Harrington Center. So sure, well, and then I it, you know you got to bring up that topic and Lauren Hill grabbing national headlines not only in Division Three, but across college basketball and across, of course, outside of sports for what she has done, being a member of the women's team uh, so far, still you know, fighting, which is incredible to be saying on January 22nd. What's the, the impact been on your team? First of all, Lauren is, is, is amazing, and what she has done um, is, is unbelievable. And actually, she was at the women's game Last Saturday, she mm-hmm. came in and, and was at the game and had a chance to, to to see her and say hi and and what she's done for for cancer research and what she's just done personally to to keep battling um, and 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 fighting every day is has been unbelievable. I mean, and you know, for our guys, they they recognize that nothing nothing is guaranteed and and to see to see Lauren, you know, eighteen nineteen years old, same age as those guys. I mean, it it hits home for the it hits home for them, and and um, you know to see what she's she's done, and and instead of sitting down and just you know living it out, she's she's fighting and battling and and living every every day to the fullest, and it's it's just been it's been amazing, and 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 the the impact it's had on our guys has been been so positive and and helped them see see a different perspective. It's going to sound maybe uh, maybe as, as a cheesy question, but, I mean, the women's team's 5-11. and 11, That's the most wins since 2012. Potentially continue. This could be one of the most successful seasons they've had in recent history. 
you guys are certainly having a tremendous season at 13 and three overall. Can can the can the the influence uh, or the story or as you point out, you know, putting two and two together? I'm I'm the same age she is. I, darn it, I'm going to go out there and play even harder because I can. Can that have a residual effect on these two teams? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I don't think there's any question. And and like like you said, just just knowing that they need to give their all every day. I mean, we don't we don't use that or talk about that. Um, that's just something that those guys and, and our girls. I mean, they they feel it and they know it and 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 they see her living it and and, and fighting every day. Um, there there's no reason. There's you can't you can't come to me and give me an excuse or complain about something. Hmm. Not when you see what she's doing. I was going to say that it does backfire a little bit on the players too. I'm sure if they tell you they're not feeling well, you probably look at them and go, "Okay, your point is <laughs> right, exactly, exactly." She, um, she's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah, certainly, and put uh, put the Lions on the map for all the right reasons. Absolutely. Um, but back to your team again, thirteen and three overall, um, on pace to have a, a tremendous season. You came, uh, was it this is your fourth season? I think. Uh, at Mount St. Joseph, uh, you've got to be thrilled with how you're able to. You're only the second coach in this program's history. You've got to be thrilled with how you've been able to get this program on the map. We, we've we've been able to do it by by being re- recruiting local guys. I mean, if you look at our roster, mm-hmm. almost every one of our guys are from the tri-state area, whether it's Northern Kentucky, Southeast Indiana, or Cincinnati, and and these guys have a lot of pride and. And making a name for for the mount that, that's right here in their backyard, and of course I'm from Southeast Indiana, and my assistant coach Justin Ray played at Oak Hills right here in Cincinnati, so we're all from the coaching staff to to the roster, we're all from right here, and and when when you talk about having pride in where you're from and and wanting to represent um, where you grew up and where you're from, it, it it's carried over, and and we've been able to have some success on the court and, and our guys have success in the classroom and then success has helped breed a little success and you can recruit some guys and, and keep that pipeline here in Cincinnati and, and the tri-state area and, and, and continue to get good players in here. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join us and talking about your, your Lions squad. I am certainly uh, very impressed with the start that you guys have had really at this, or not even start at this point, certainly at this point in the season over halfway through um, and, and now I would never say in control of a conference, but certainly <laughs> considering where you guys have been uh, on top of the conference is nothing to shake a stick at. Uh, we look forward to seeing how the team does the rest of the way. But as always, give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be watching? Well, I, I just, uh, again, our guys have, have done a great job at, at, at playing hard every day and responding to what we ask them to do. And, and, Again, I want to thank you for what what you guys do at D3 Hoops and 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 the coverage that you guys provide for the student athletes is is, is really great and and I appreciate everything you guys do. Well, thank you, Coach. Appreciate the time to take to join us here on the show. Good luck the uh, rest of the season. We'll certainly have our eyes on the Lions for all the right reasons. Okay, thank you, Dave. Take care, Toby Kerrigan. Joining us here on uh, Hoopsville again. Team is thirteen and three overall, eight and one in conference action. As we mentioned. They'll be at Franklin this weekend. Then they're at home against Hanover and Earlham to round out January before hitting the road to start February against Transylvania. Certainly nice to see the Lions uh, on top of the conference. Fascinating to see how they 
work their way through the rest of the season. When we come back, we'll uh, have a little bit more men's basketball action. We'll jump out west and talk St. Olaf men's basketball in the Mayak coming out of Minnesota. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. If you have questions for us or our guests, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag us Hoopsville. Also email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. More Hoopsville right after this. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum. It's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself you know, a, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division three school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result, in my mind, is you just become a very well-rounded person. Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests, basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this show on January 22nd. It's a Thursday edition. Don't forget, we'll be back on the air Sunday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time, barring any travel challenges that we may face. Getting back into Maryland and Baltimore may be a little bit of a challenge, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, again, we are hitting the road, not saying where we're going just yet, but we hope you'll follow us on Twitter and see where you're, we're headed. If you have any questions for us or our guests, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can also email us, Hoopsville, at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. One of the stories that we've been following out of the West has not only been the St. Thomas men's basketball team, certainly out of the Mayak, who's certainly playing very good basketball this season, but it's the rest of their conference mates, as it were. It is an interesting race in the Mayak uh, this season. Um, one that you know involves not only St. Thomas, but St. Olaf, St. John's, uh, Gustavus Adolphus, and Bethel have all gotten certainly attention throughout the season. So we figured we might as well talk to one of them, but it's not who you think we we're going to be talking to. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is Coach Dan Kosmoski from St. Olaf. Coach, welcome to the show. I appreciate you taking the time. Dave, it's uh, great to be here, and anything we can do to to uh, promote uh, Division Three basketball. Uh, uh, that's a good thing. So it's great to be here. Well, thank you, Coach. Uh, we just in case anyone's curious, we booked this knowing you had the big game against St. Thomas last night. We booked it ahead of time just in case because we wanted to talk to you, win or lose. Watch the game last night. I know you guys are licking your wounds a little bit, but it was a heck of a thriller at your place. Uh, it uh, if you wanted to see a tremendous uh, Division three uh, basketball game if you didn't know who the teams were it was uh, a lot of offense mm -hmm. uh, both teams and uh, you know 
when you think you should uh, you shoot 61%, Dave, you think you'd probably win most of your games, but that's what we shot, and we did not. So it was uh, the first half of the game was pretty fast-paced, uh, not a lot of missed shots, and, and uh, um, it was going back and forth, two good teams, and, and uh, with, three, with three, four minutes to go, it was even, and you know, when you get to that four or five point edge, then you have to start fouling, making some decisions. But there were two great teams playing last night, and uh, my guys battled hard. Uh, uh, like I said, offensively, it was uh, we made a lot of shots, and the defense was probably a little uh, for both teams was was maybe not up to what both teams could do, and that speaks volumes in regards to the players themselves and and how good they are offensively. Yeah, certainly a good game to watch, especially coming down the wire. Had a couple chances, had them trapped. Maybe a couple cheap uh, foul calls sent them to the line instead of you guys getting the steal. But it was a great game at top of the Mayak. Only your second loss of the season, your other one coming to Bethel. Of course, you'll get uh, Bethel coming up next on Saturday again right. at home. And, of course, you'll travel to St. Thomas, your second to the Penopolit. Penopolit, I can't even say it. Second to last game of the season. Yeah. It sounded so good in the head. I just couldn't yeah. execute it um, in, in the second to last game of the season before wrapping right. up the regular. So, Certainly, you've gotten a couple of these big games on you know under your belt. You're you're being you know you're considered for top twenty five attention, uh, right. the way you guys have been playing. Uh, you have that you know, second loss now. You've got a string of huge wins in between uh, in conference and non conference action, including over Stevens Point in the second game of the season, seventy right. to sixty nine. From your point of view, though, how has this season been? Well, I I. I... I think the the way not the way the rankings go. I, when the season started, Dave, I didn't know we lost seven players from last year, mm-hmm. seven seniors from a team that uh, probably had one of the best teams in the history of the school. We went to the NC2A tournament. We won 22 games. So, not knowing uh, when you lose that many in, in three starters, uh, how you were going to to play. And uh, we had a good core players we knew coming back. We had an addition of a, a transfer and young guys getting better. So. With the combination of that, it was uh, uh, you really didn't know, and and you know I, I you wait till you play the, your first round in your conference. I think is really to take a look and see what type of team you think that you have, and and uh, I know I, I I've known all along that we've got a good basketball team, and and we can defend. Uh, uh, last year we were extremely uh, solid defensively, and we had some things, uh, the timing issues, and some things to get uh, improve on this year, but. You know, the indications by up until we played tonight, uh, the defensive efforts we've had over the past four games, you know, you're, you're probably averaging 53 points a game. Uh, that's a great sign. That's an indicator in regards, I believe, uh, how your team can play is if you can, uh, you can, you can stop the other team. But uh, until that happens, uh, um, you know, you really don't know. So we've got a good basketball team, and, and uh, we're looking forward to the challenges ahead. The first round, we're... You know, we finished that. We're eight and two right now, but uh, um, uh, we'll see where it goes. You, you just can't look any further anywhere, any conference in this country than the one you play next. Talking to Dan Kosmoski here, head coach for St. Olaf, and coach, you're sitting a game behind St. Thomas for the uh, top of the conference. Granted, no matter how this game last night went, one of you was going to be on top. Uh, they're right. nine and one in conference. You're eight and two. You're, they're fourteen and one. You're thirteen and two. St. John's is is lurking right behind nine and six, but seven and three in conference action. Big game for them 
against St. Thomas coming up on Saturday. Gustavus and Bethel behind them at 6-4. and four. Concordia, Moorhead, and Augsburg at 5-5. Five and five. So, you know, you've got two-thirds of this conference within four games of the top of the conference at this point in the season. Every one of those teams I mentioned has a winning record. Certainly seems like the Mayak has been a very difficult place to play as of late. Not that it, not that it always hasn't been difficult for other reasons, right. but I mean yeah. at the top of the conference. Yeah, and and every game is is going to get more and more magnified uh, as you go uh, as you go through the the, the remainder of the season. It, it uh, if you don't come prepared in this conference, it doesn't matter who you are, you 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 can get beat. There's many teams that are capable. A lot of a lot of uh, close games. Uh, Bethel won at the buzzer against uh, Gustavus last night, and and uh, you know you just got to find a way to, to to stay one point ahead and and uh, take care of the team that you play in front. You know, until you, you you just repeated what the schedule or what our our records were, I had no idea. I mean, until you just said that, and and I, I really don't pay attention to that and, and try not to because it's just uh, you you can't look at the big picture. All you can look is look at is is we play Bethel on Saturday and and if you can take care of what you need to do the record and all that's going to take care of itself when I mean you, you talk about last season you know your first Mayak playoff championship your first NCA or first NCA appearance uh, as right. well in division three you get named Mayak coach of the year for good reason your d3hoops.com west region coach of the year um you lost the seven players, but how much maybe has that success and almost that taste of success maybe helped you guys this season with certainly losing a lot of talent, but maybe the guys going, okay, we can do this. Yeah, it. it like I said, Dave, we have a good we had a good core, a uh, good nucleus uh, coming back, and point guard and two and and uh, and our three man and and who who had good experience and. Um, so we, we we you know we had uh, uh, we had those guys coming back and and when you learn to win you know that no no question just just changing having that atmosphere and having that mentality knowing that you're you're, you're going to compete and you got a great chance to win you know that game last night there were there were guys that were uh, uh, you know disappointment isn't even a, a word for it you know whether it was tears or or. You know, those are the emotions. Those are the things that, that uh, come out in the game, and, and our expectations are every time we we take the court that we have a, a great chance to win. You know, we want to be prepared, but uh, you know, both teams are going to play. Both teams are going to play hard. It's just what's going to be the difference. And and you know, as, as any coaching, as any uh, records indicate, so much of it, Dave, is is matchups, who you play against, and their style that they play. You know, it, it uh, you might be playing a team that's got four guards and a forward, and so on and so forth, and Sometimes you match up well against them. Sometimes you don't, and you know that's. Uh, I think when people scratch their heads, they take a look at boy, this this team won or this team lost. It's not a big surprise, you know. It is uh, everybody is usually you know they're up to play, and, and a lot of it is in regards to what style you're playing and what the matchups are. When you look at this team, what's interesting is you know you lose those seven seniors. You've got four, I think, on the squad uh, this season, but they're not necessarily what's leading the team in the stat sheet, and certainly we've seen that a lot this season. you got uh, Ben Fagini, uh, a yep. junior, leading the team with 17.4 points a game and five yep. and a half rebounds, shooting 59% from the floor, we should point out as well. Right. Um, Justin Paul is, is a junior, 13.9 points a game. Uh, Sterling Nielsen, certainly your senior, 12.3 points a game. But then we go back to Riley uh, Aikens. 
Uh, yep, I think he's right. a junior at 8.1, yep. and Austin Majeski is sophomore at 6.3. So while you lost all those seniors and you still have a good senior crew, you have a lot of underclassmen right. who are actually the ones stepping up. Yeah, the uh, uh, you know the, the the three core guys who who are coming back with with a lot of experience are Sterling, and, uh, who's my point guard, and Justin Fall has played our two. We've got uh, Ben Fagini who's joined us and transferred in. Uh, from a Division II school, uh, Austin Majeski the other night was, was just a sophomore, had 22 points and 10 rebounds. And you know, you're, you're always looking for someone to help elevate the team as well and give you lists. I have, uh, you know, Mason Braden's been playing a good uh, uh, backup at the five, and and Robert Tabroxen a first year, Evan Odorcio a first year, Caleb Lunning. So we've had some guys that come in, and and uh, uh, you you got to count on on your 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 key players to be productive every game. Sometimes that always doesn't happen, and when it doesn't happen, you have to have those guys that are able to to step up a little bit and, and help the team. And and of course, you can't measure hard to measure defense in regards to charges and and and, and deflections, things like that. But uh, we've had uh, we've had uh, the, the the men are, are are playing well together. You know, they're they're. I think it takes some time to to develop a rhythm and, and and a flow in regards to what you're doing offensively. Um, you know the guys that we got coming back, some of them got coming back. They didn't have a lot of playing time last year, so when you get in big games like last night, that's different than coming off the bench last year playing 10, 12 minutes. So it's taking some time to get used to it, and uh, I'm sure every team in the in the Mayak and around the country is is feeling the same way. That as we go here the next four weeks, we're going to keep getting better and better. What's interesting too is you you're going ten deep essentially every game. Um, you're playing guys, and you don't necessarily have you have some blowout wins, but you also have some close games, and, and certainly yep. games that you would be keeping your starters in for vast majorities of the time. But when you right. look at the stat sheet of those ten, nobody's averaging less than ten minutes a game. A lot of them are averaging twenty minutes a game. You're it seems to be a theme too this year that the teams I've been talking to have got these deep benches, and that can be really helpful this time of year. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, sometimes, especially in our league, Dave, we we will take two rotations where we play uh, two Monday games. So you could play Wednesday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. That's five games in a total of uh, you know uh, in Less a short than two time. Weeks, yeah, yeah, and you know someone might get the bye, and you might play somebody that that's rested and so on. That's that's the way it is. But uh, I think having depth. Like you, when you get in that uh, fourth or fifth game, you know that's a lot of that's a lot of time, and it's not just the the physical, uh, it's, it's the mental as well. So uh, it I I'd like to think it, it pays to be to be deep, and and uh, uh, you know if that's your style as a coach in regards to what you what what you can do um, to help the team, you know what, how are you going to sub to help the team? And we've been blessed to have uh, players here that are 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 giving us a good left. When you look at the at this point in the season, you only have five non-conference games. So for the most part, teams, your players are seeing teams that they've seen a lot, especially for the upperclassmen. They've seen them a ton. Uh, technically, in an upperclassman, the, the you know career in a MIAC, they're only going to see twenty games of of potentially a hundred outside a conference. Um, well, how do you keep things fresh when you start? You know, going back through the the schedule, as it were, you'll see Bethel now for the second time. You're going to see right. McAllister for a second time, right. Carrollton right. for a second time. How do you keep this team kind of focused when you play that many conference games against opponents they've always seen and against team, you know, players that they've gotten used to? How do you keep them on their toes? Well, 
you know, uh, you, you got to be consistent at, at, at how you run your practices and such. I think there's some things you, you can do differently in practice. I think there's some things you can do off the court to, to keep smiles on their faces. And, and as the season goes on, it, it can be a long season. And, and uh, again, just knowing that uh, uh, the team that we're going to play, uh, you know, don't worry about the don't worry about the schedule. Don't worry about the standings. Just uh, uh, stay focused on on that team you're going to play and and uh, uh, you know give them some rest. It's not on you know I think sometimes too is is uh, depending on what day uh, you know we obviously have to give them a uh, a day off uh, in the week. Uh, there might be other times where you're cutting practice a little bit shorter. You know there there's uh, you know take a look at the teams you're going to play or do you. Do if you don't need much to uh, to prepare for them in regards to their simple team to to play, then then cut your practices a little bit short. Uh, those are some things that you can use to to help your team uh, stay fresh. When you got Bethel coming up Saturday, obviously big game, and then followed up with McAllister, both games at home. You'll hit the right. road against Carrollton on the way, uh, on the road, and then back home against St. John. So when you look at this Bethel game coming up Saturday. Certainly, after having taken a tough loss to St. Thomas, but you know they're taking on their rivals uh, coming up on Saturday as well. What's the focus? What do you expect from Bethel, a team that that tripped you guys up on the road by ten earlier this season? Well, they're they're uh, you know they're a team that's it's uh, they're quick. Uh, they play uh, four guards, three guards, uh, uh, two forwards, or you know they're 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 quick and and. Uh, you know, it should be a good game. They're, both teams are, are are positioning themselves. You know, they beat us at, at their place, and mm-hmm. now they get to come here. And you know, coaches are watching tape, uh, trying to figure out how did they score, how you know, what can we do to improve. I think the the coach of Bethel, wonderful coach, uh, uh, had a good game plan in in in, in preparing for us. And and uh, you know, what are coaches going to do that might be a little bit uh, uh, less expected? Um, and uh, you know, it, it's it's all about getting your team ready right now, and I don't think it's going to be a problem. I, I think the the big game we played yesterday. I think the thing you have to guard against a little bit is is you know, it's when you play somebody who's top ten in the country, and and as we are, we're a very good team. The other teams are good teams too, but uh, coming off a game like that, you just got to make sure that your 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 guys are focused and motivated in regards to getting back on and, and competing on the floor. Um. Again, you, you know, you got McAllister and Carrollton, and then St. John's. You kind of have this schedule, and then Gustavus after that won't go through the whole thing. But you got this schedule where you play a couple top, then you play a couple bottom, then a couple top, and certainly don't want to take anything from Carrollton. They've got a 500 record, but some of the other teams. I've asked this question of other guests so far on the show too. How do you keep the the the, the mentality straight? Okay, you're up for the St. Thomas game. You're probably going to be up for the Car- the Bethel game. So McAllister, to all of us on the outside, it looks like a trap game. You want to make sure that your players are ready. So how do you kind of focus on guys? Just because it's McAllister doesn't mean the game isn't as important as the St. Thomas game was. Uh, I, you know, I, I think that comes with the maturity and experience. I think our, our players are pretty in tune knowing that if you, if you don't come prepared uh, to, for anybody you play, I, it is difficult, no question about it. It's, it's probably... You know what do you do to 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 treat a team? You you, you know in a, in all honesty, everybody's different. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know just uh, I think that's a sign of a, of a winning team that they know. Um, you know every game they 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 can win every game. They could possibly lose every game. And so much of it is 
you know, a game of basketball, you know, everybody's going to play hard and everybody's going to get after it. It's getting yourself ready and playing smart to me is, is our, our keys in regards to uh, playing anybody in your schedule. I think if, if you take anybody lightly, you're going to get, you know, you've got a great chance of getting beat. And, and uh, I think the record speaks for itself that we've been able to, to whatever teams that we've been playing, uh, uh, we, we so far have, have, have done well. And, and we've, we started the season, Dave, I think we played seven of our first eight or six of our first seven on the road, something yeah. like that. And, you know, we lost one of those to Bethel early. And, and so we're, we're, we've, we like to think we're tested in regards to playing well on the road, too. And, and you know, if you look at our schedule, uh, the games we have, we've got, uh, you know, we've got five games on the road here in, in, uh, in a short period of time. We've got three at, or two more at home, and then we go on the road uh, – uh, yeah. I think uh, for the next six games. So, and that's that's true with everybody. You know, you got to be ready. And, and coaches, you know, all the coaches in our league are good coaches, and and uh, you know, everybody has their own way of of getting their teams ready, regardless who they play. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the show. Yeah. Um certainly a, a fascinating season this year for the Oles. Um, especially coming off such a terrific year last year, which we should point out also had come off of a 9-16 and 16 year. So, you know, yeah. you guys have bounced back and certainly playing well. It's nice to see. And I've even right. got you in my top 25 ballot right now. So uh, you right. know you're getting some attention, and, and that's certainly nice for the St. Olaf squad. Um, congratulations on that. But as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, it's just uh, you know, it's 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 basketball. What a great game! And and uh, basketball is a great teacher to all of us in every game. And and uh, you know, we lost a game last night, and and we all get a little bit educated. You know, it's a great uh, great playground to 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 learn about yourself, your emotions, and and how you handle yourself. And um, you know, we're looking forward to the challenges that that are ahead of us. And and uh, we hope we can stay focused with what we're doing, and and uh, you know, keep keep playing good basketball. We played uh, great basketball last night. We just, it just didn't uh, come out on the scoreboard. Two great teams played, and, and uh, we're looking forward to our game this Saturday. Very good, Coach. Good luck, and we'll uh, look forward to watching the Olds the rest of the season. Okay, sounds good, Dave. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. Co- Coach Dan Kozmoski joining us here on the show. Again, team is 13-2 and two coming off of last night's tough loss at home against St. Thomas. Number three, St. Thomas. Who knows? They might be number one after Augustana lost, but they got to get past St. John's on Saturday. Um, in conference action, the Oles are eight and two, sitting in second place. Appreciate them taking the time to join us on the show. When we come back, we're going to wrap up Hoopsville for this Thursday evening and look ahead at the weekend of games, especially what we may have on tap for Sunday night. If you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. More Hoopsville presented by d3hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches right after this. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. 
but I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. It was a great show. I want to thank all of our guests so far who appeared on the show. Um, we will certainly be getting more on the show as it comes, as we are officially announcing our 12-hour show a week from today. So in exactly a week, I'll be on fumes. Looks like we'll go on the air about 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's what it looks like at this point in time. Got to work on all the details and get things booked. We have a list of guests we'd like to have. We're going to be banging that out in the next few days, hopefully getting that all accomplished and, and looking forward to it. So um, that is a week from tonight, week from today, 10 a.m., 10 p.m. Eastern time is our plan right now to do a Hoopsville Marathon show. Me, myself, and I in here, we may even set up a separate camera um, just so you can see the behind the scenes. Not that there's much to see behind the scenes, but we may do that just to have some fun with it. Leela to say, uh, also our Hoopsville fundraiser is up and running thanks to Indiegogo. Um, more information, follow us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Follow it on Facebook as well as facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, we're 10% of the way to our goal right now. Uh, we have a lower goal than last year just to see what might interest some people um, to donate. And so if you have any interest, please feel free to do so. Uh, we would certainly appreciate it say the least. We will be on the road this weekend, barring any weather complications. We will be hitting the road to go see some uh, basketball around Division Three. Follow us on Twitter at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. To find out where we show up for some games. We will be at games Friday and Saturday, hopefully home Sunday. There is an outside chance, well, I would say a good chance, that weather could change our plans. We want to get back home, obviously. So if the weather does not look promising, we will change our plans accordingly. But our goal is is to get some games this weekend. Um, time will tell, as they say. So that is our goal. Uh, follow us again on Twitter, as I mentioned, and Facebook. Thank our guests uh, from the Mid-Atlantic region and men's basketball, Johns Hopkins men's basketball coach, Bill Nelson. Also want to thank from the East region, Stevens women's, women's basketball coach, Megan Howie. Want to thank from the um, our School of the Week, City of Salem School of the Week, City of Salem, proud Proud to host the men's basketball championship yet again. Luther women's basketball coach Amanda Bailey joining us on the show. Um, want to thank Toby Kerrigan, the head coach at Mount St. Joseph's men's basketball from our Great Lakes region. And we just heard from Dan Kosmoski from St. Olaf. Want to thank him for joining us on the show as well. Sunday will be on the air starting at 7 o'clock Eastern time. A reminder, a week from Sunday we will have an earlier show so as to not interrupt the festivities of Super Bowl. If you're tired of listening to Super football people talk about the Super Bowl in about 100 different ways from about 10 a.m. until game time, 
Come over to the Hoopsville pregame show for a while. We'll talk some basketball for a couple hours on Sunday. That is, of course, February 1st. Don't forget uh, the Hoopsville Marathon a week from tonight. We will hear from both committee chairs. One of them we've already pre-taped with. The other one we will hear from as well. And we have a list of others that we are compiling, as, as it were. Uh, and one of my many sheets of paper has my list. Believe it or not, I can't find it right now, and it's bugging me just a little bit. I know it's around here, and it, we'll dig it up. Um, but we're, we got some ideas of who we'd like to have on. We're going to have some ideas of who we will have on. We'll work on all of that throughout the way. By the way, if you donate to the Hoopsville uh, Marathon in the next, let's call it, five days, we may be able to get one of the guests, if you so choose to donate enough money, you'll get a guest on the show for you regarding, um, you know, from one of your schools. If you pick one of the perks, uh, that will be the perk, as it were, on the show. Um, uh, it's meant to check the, uh, the scores from around the uh, country today. I apologize. We will do that now um, to see what else is going on. We mentioned Stevenson women's basketball winning earlier, um, beating Lebanon Valley. That's significant. Stevenson is having a terrific season. Remember last year they actually were at the top of the conference but ended up with a 500 record. Well, that is not the case this year, to be sure, on the women's side. Stevenson beating Lebanon Valley 64-58. Stevenson is now 14-2 and on the season. Their last loss was against top 25-ranked Salisbury. Back on November 25th, similar to Hopkins. Since then, 13 straight wins. That's not possible. 12 straight wins. They started the season with two wins, then had two losses to Randolph, Macon, and Salisbury, and now have rattled off uh, 12 wins since then. Um, some good wins, some tough wins, and of course, in-conference action. They will take on Widener coming up here on Saturday before then taking on uh, Mount Alios. Alios. Alice, I can't say Aliosis. Well, we'll forget it. We'll be taking them on, on on Monday before getting back in a conference play the following Saturday against Arcadia. We'll be talking, I hope, with Jackie Boswell coming up on a future hoop. So we were actually hoping to do it today, having taped an interview after last night's game, but last night's game got moved to today. So that's not possible, obviously. Um, let's see. Texas Tyler with a win over Texas Dallas, number 12 team in the country in women's basketball, winning 69-59. Trying, trying to see if there's any other scores that jump out at me of teams that are certainly in the conversation. And nothing is... Well, Cabrini got another win. They're certainly having a good time in the CSAC. They win easily over Immaculata, 71-40. Um, but no other games are... You know, Trinity, Connecticut beat St. Joseph's of Connecticut. 72-58, so Trinity, Connecticut with another win for them. Certainly playing some decent basketball. On the men's side of things, Stevenson and Lebanon Valley uh, in action as we speak. Halfway through the second half, and Stevenson is in control by 20. Lebanon Valley, who's having a pretty good season, has struggled. Lost two straight now. This will be their third loss unless they have a miracle comeback here. Not that that hasn't happened against Stevenson before. Uh, remember, Messiah tied it having trailed by 20 with 15.30 left to go in the game. But Stevenson leading there. looks like they're in a little bit of control here uh, with uh, halfway through the game. So Lebanon Valley, who started the season really well, struggling right now. This will be their third loss in a row, assuming that outcome remains as we expect. Uh, Southern Vermont with another win. They beat Elms tonight, 69-53. 
Nothing else. Uh, Tufts with a win over Mass Boston, by the way. Otherwise, nothing else really jumping out. Kind of a quiet night, especially considering last night was so busy uh, in men's and women's basketball. Saturday, a lot of good games. St. Thomas again taking on St. John's. Um, so there's plenty of time coming up. Um, uh, plenty of games coming up on Saturday or, or the rest of this weekend. Um, Wash U and NYU in women's basketball. A battle of top 10 teams as the number three Wash U Bears will travel to the number seven NYU Violets. That game on Friday night. Of course, the men will follow. Of course, the men's basketball at Wash U number four in the country. Of course, Wash U will travel to Brandeis. Chicago's playing Brandeis on Friday, and they will travel to New York on Sunday, barring complications with the weather themselves. This weather system is certainly going to affect a good chunk of the Northeast, um, from what it, what I can tell. Of course, Emory um, will be taking on Case Western Reserve Friday night. That's a big game. As Case Western Reserve 25th, everyone trying to gauge who this 12-2 and team really is. They'll take on Emory, who took has now lost two in a row, of course, to Wash U and Chicago on the road. Emory will uh, be hosting that game against Case Western Reserve. Case Western Reserve will then, on Sunday, play at Rochester. So, so those are some of the games to keep an eye on. MIT got beat uh, last night. They will try and take on Emerson and get back in, into the win column. We'll keep an eye on that. They're a team receiving top 25 attention as well. Of course, the NESCAC, no teams in the top 25 in the NESCAC. That is the first time in forever. I don't even remember the last time that took place. I think Pat wrote it up on the website. I just don't have it in front of me. Um, that's a that's a pretty big significance uh, of the NESCAC teams receiving top 25 attention. Uh, you got to climb all the way down to Amherst, who's only getting nine votes. Um, otherwise, there isn't anybody really worth talking about. Um, actually, Trinity of Connecticut's getting two votes, and Williams is getting one. There isn't any other NESCAC team really on anybody's ballots. That means. Somebody, Williams basically means there's one team voting for him. Somebody's voting for Catholic. I know I've looked at Catholic. They've been on a roll as of late as well. So fascinating top 25. Granted, we have to get through the weekend before we can figure it out. We'll talk about what we might expect to see in the top 25. You would expect that there's a new number one team coming as Augustana lost to Illinois Wesleyan, as we point out, at Rock Island. That was at Augustana. So the question is, does Whitewater become the new number one? Does St. Thomas become the new number one? Does Wash U become the new number one? Two of those three have already been number one this season. Does maybe Marietta jump up? Who knows at this point in time? Who knows? The number, the one vote for St. Thomas is probably going to stay. Of course, that's me. I have never been in a situation in my top 25 voting where I've been the only one voting for a team for number one. This is that occasion, and if the weekend goes through, I will be the only top 25 voter conceivably who will not be changing my pick. That does not mean people might not still pick Augustana number one. At some point this season, I have thought twice at least. For example, when Illinois Wesleyan was playing Wash U back in December, if Illinois Wesleyan had won that game, there was conceivably four or five teams that could have gotten first place votes. They didn't. Wash U won. Wash U ended up being the majority of the top 25 and a vast majority. Let's just say for argument's sake... That St. Thomas, well, even if St. Thomas doesn't necessarily lose against St. John's, they could still win. You still could have first place votes going to Augustana. There could be people in this this year alone that that could be a worthy decision um, because nobody's really been standing out as number one and, it, and the losses haven't been that bad. You could give it back to Whitewater, whose only loss is to Augustana uh, in D3. They have a D2 loss um, or NAIA loss. 
at the very beginning of the season. You could give it to St. Thomas, as I have, whose only loss is to Bethel. You could give it to Wash U, who got spanked by Catholic a couple weeks ago. Argumentatively, you could give it to Marietta. They are undefeated and, and, and still winning. So that's five teams just right then and there. And I don't think anybody else would get first place votes at this point in time. Maybe Albertus Magnus. I highly doubt it. I think they're a little too high sitting in ninth anyway. But that's five teams argumentatively you could give a valid reason to give a first place vote to, considering Augustana has lost. Will all five get it? Probably not. I would be not I would not be surprised if four teams had first place votes come Monday. That's assuming nothing crazy happens this weekend. If Augustana were to lose again, they're out uh, of, of a first plate vote. If Whitewater were to lose, they're probably out. If St. Thomas were to lose, of course, if all of them lose, that's a whole other conversation. We're right back to square one. So this will be interesting in the top 25. I can tell you as a top 25 voter, it has been a challenge this year, uh, to say the least. Of course, I blog my top 25, release that every Monday. If you want to, go to d3hoops.com. Uh, down below the main page, you'll find three different uh, tabs. One of them is major, uh, men's basketball releases, women's basketball releases. The other one is Daily Dose. Go into the Daily Dose, you'll find my blog there. I basically give you one voter's perspective of the top 25 and how I'm voting. Um, it's nothing incredible, but it's something of interest. So you can certainly read it. You get my take on the top 25. Again, I'm 125th of the entire voting block. Um, and of that 125th, I have the same power as everybody else. My number one vote is 25 points. My number 25 vote is one point, and that's how it works. So check it out if you want. It's an interesting read sometimes. I don't write about every single team, but you can also go look back at the previous two blogs, week five and week six. Week five, I wrote about everybody. Week six, I wrote about less in week seven, et cetera. So I only write about those who necessarily move or I have a quick note about um, of, of if in case that is of interest. That's going to do it for the show. We're going to wrap things up well into overtime. we got to get going because we got to travel plans and, and things to take care of tomorrow. If you have any questions for us or you have guest ideas, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville as well. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to join us. Again, a reminder, we'll be on the air for 12 hours next Thursday. We'll be on the air Sunday first, though, starting at 7 o'clock. Eastern Time. You've been listening to Hoops Hill presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. I want to again thank all of our, our guests, including the sports information directors, for their help from Johns Hopkins, Stevens, Mount St. Joseph, St. Olaf, and Luther tonight. Hope you enjoy the weekend of basketball. If you are in an area that's going to deal with some weather, stay home and enjoy it online. We certainly have lots of ways we can do that if we have to. But if you can get out to a game, go and support these student athletes. They certainly deserve it, and they're putting on a good show, as it were. Uh, and we uh, we certainly appreciate that from them. You've been listening to Hoopsville. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. We'll see you back here on Sunday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Good night, everybody. <laughs>